nice weather surprisingly so ready to talk some talk some hoops and some football yeah uh it hasn't been a nice weather day here um, it's actually been rainy a lot here so um i can't say the same on the weather part but overall yeah it's super bowl week i mean it's the biggest week in football i mean yeah. so really excited for that as well too and of course you know we got the nba trade deadline this week as well too so it's kind of big for both sports we got a lot to talk over so yeah i'm excited and i mean for me as a ufc guy it's a big ufc week it's one number one versus number two pound for pound fighting this weekend as well so don't see that every day yeah yeah definitely definitely big week uh, big week absolutely uh you guys touched on super bowl week which we'll get into you know a little bit later but the NBA trade the trade deadline is on Thursday. We've seen minor moves with like Rui Hachimura and all that that came before. But we did get a big trade with Kyrie Irving because we heard, you know, after the game against the Celtics or whatever, where they got blown out, you know, he came up with his request to be traded. I mean, since then we've seen some lower level players kind of request trades, which we don't really need to talk about them. But you know, I guess just to start off with, how surprised were you that the Nets were able to work out a deal so quickly for Kyrie? And I guess what what are your thoughts about Kyrie? Because now he's on to his, what, his fourth team now? I mean, do you think there's probably too much hype around him for what he kind of brings to a team or, or kind of your thoughts? We'll start with Jake on this one. Sure. So... For the first question or the first answer is I was a little surprised it happened so fast because I think the trade request came on Friday and then he was mm -hmm. traded on, was it Sunday he was traded? Like, it came really fast. Um, the two trains of thought that I had is either I thought the Nets would maybe want to try and milk it, milk the market, maybe see what else they could get, trying to optimize the value they could get for Kyrie. But with it happening so fast, I think it honestly is just they wanted Kyrie gone. They were tired of his antics and they were tired of everything that he was bringing into the team. Um, as far as what value he brings, I've always been, I guess the word would be like astounded at how with Kyrie, the following that he has so many players, even on opposing teams seem to worship him. Like they, they love Kyrie no matter what. Like KD seemed to hitch his wagon to him, even after had been burned by him a whole bunch of times. And I've always been wondering like, why? Like he was awesome in Cleveland when he was paired up with LeBron James. No one's going to doubt that. He hit one of the biggest shots in NBA Finals history, and he's always going to be remembered for that. But since the 2017 NBA playoffs, his last run with Cleveland, like what's he done? Like what, what's been the standout moment? I'll ask Kyle as a, a Celtics fan that last season that Kyrie was there. Like how happy were you with Kyrie? Were you wanting him to come back or were you wanting to drive him to the airport? Uh, every Boston fan I've talked to or I've heard talk about Kyrie was like, man, we were done. We yeah. were done. And I'm pretty sure they got to the Western, or sorry, the Eastern conference finals that year with Kyrie not playing. Yep. Like they managed to win without him. And, I think that kind of speaks to what you get. You get a player that's unbelievably skilled, unbelievably talented, really fun to watch. He's not a leader, kind of a distraction, and he needs to be in a good situation. And I think his only good situation is with a leader that can really keep him in line. And I just don't know how many people like that are in the NBA. 
Yeah, to piggyback off that, um, to answer the first question, I think I was a little bit surprised. I mean, it's Kyrie, so it, when you break it all down, the concept of him asking for a trade wasn't really surprising. That's pretty typical Kyrie behavior, just something sporadic and random out of nowhere like that. But overall, I, I'm a little surprised with the quickness of the trade. Um, I do think no matter what, once he requested that trade, he was going to get traded, but I thought like, the Nets were going to play it till the final like day, you know, because it seems like that's what a lot of teams were saying they were going to do. It's what the Raptors are like kind of doing with their pieces. And a mm-hmm. bunch of other teams are doing with their pieces. So I didn't think we were going to see Ky- get Kyrie moved till last couple of hours of the deadline. But to the Mavericks of all teams is surprising. Um, I think this Nets team was really done. Um, you heard Joe Tsai um, say that he did not want to trade him to the Lakers because that was Kyrie's preferred destination. That kind of shows you how done the organization is with him not even wanting to trade him to his preferred landing spot just because little animosity like, there. he felt burned felt burned mm-hmm. i mean you know it seems like this team really i wouldn't want to say hitched their wagon on Kyrie, but they definitely gave him a lot of chances a lot of opportunities and made it seem like they really believed in him like jake said kevin durant really hitched his wagon to him as well too believed in him even though Kyrie did burn the team and the roster just multiple times um yeah, overall, um, the compensation was Spencer Dinwiddie um, and what was it? Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian, Dorian Finney-Smith for Kyrie yep. Irving and, and Markeith Morris. Yep. So, I think they got the first round pick in 2029, I believe. Yeah, they got a first round and a, a couple, couple of seconds second as well. And a couple too. of second, yeah. well, second rounders, yeah. Um, the reason being is the Nets said they wanted people that could really just play now, just kind of be plug-and-play type of guys. Um You know, hearing some of the other trade offers out there, it seems a little interesting that they went that route. You know, you hear the Suns were offering Chris Paul. You know, other teams were offering some pretty interesting other offers as well, too. Um, That Mavericks one is definitely a head scratcher, but who knows? You know, maybe they had more. They they have a higher value on Spencer Dinwiddie and those pieces than other people wore that first round pick. So Mm -hmm. who knows? But overall, it's 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 very interesting. I guess we'll see how this team does. I guess Kyrie's supposed to play Wednesday. I think they said against the Clippers should be his first day. Um, yeah. We saw him in, you know, at workouts and media stuff today. So we'll see where it goes. It's going to be interesting. Um, that's an interesting pair up with Luca and Kyrie, two guards that really need the ball in their hand to make it work. So we'll see not how it goes. Not good defenders either. That's a big yeah. thing. They're not good defenders. I'm really interested too because, like, Jake brought up a good point. Like, Kyrie needs someone kind to kind of, like, hone him in like kind of be that leader and it doesn't really i'm not sure where luca kind of fits in that aspect because you know luca luca gets a lot of question marks about being a team player you know um he whines a lot when it comes to the refs he overreacts when it comes to fouls it doesn't seem Mm -hmm. like he's really there himself he kind of seems like he needs someone to kind of put him into place be a mentor for luca because he's a very young star as well and throw Kyrie in there you know you you expect him to kind of be that mentor and Kyrie needs a mentor himself so it'll be interesting I think I think what Dallas is probably banking on is maybe Jason Kidd even though he's the coach you know I think Kidd has had some dealings with Kyrie so I I guess that's what they're hoping but uh I do think the fit with Kyrie and had his troubles too exactly (laughs) so it's, it's it's a weird situation now I have seen at times where Kyrie kind of would would step aside and let you know KD do his thing on the court. So I I do think he and Luca may actually work better than some people think. It's just that, like you said, Jake, with Luca and Kyrie as your lead guards, neither plays defense. Yep. Like opposing teams that have you know good dynamic like 
backcourts, what's Dallas going to do in those situations? And I mean, they'll, they'll have some wing guys, I guess that can maybe switch on to them, but now well, you're trying, now you're trying to hide Luca and Kyrie defensively. And I think that's where it's going to get a little tough against certain teams. It, it is. And the real problem that they had is that their best wing defender, they just traded Dorian yeah. Finney Smith. Like I like Dorian. He's always been a really hard worker. He seems like a glue guy that you want on your team. Is he flashy? No. Is he a great offensive threat? Not really, but is he, he a good defender? Yeah, no, he no, he's great, and he was huge for the team. And now it's like, well, who's their best defender for the wing? Like, that's that's a big question mark. And I think we're just gonna have to wait and see. I mean, maybe they'll just try and outscore everybody in a ridiculous manner, and defense doesn't. <laughs> but you know, that doesn't really fly in the playoffs. So we'll see. Yeah, I imagine. I imagine this is a team primed to make maybe one or two more moves. I mean, it seems right. pretty evident. You like Jake said, you traded away your best defender and didn't get any defense in return back. I'm sorry, Markeith Morris isn't nope, gonna be not, that wing defender for you. Yeah, I don't know, anymore. I imagine. I'm surprised. I'm, I didn't even know if he was still in the NBA. To be completely <laughs> honest with you, before you got traded. So um, it's gonna be really interesting. Um, I would I would be really interested to see if the Mavericks could try to figure something out to get like an OG and an OB there. You know, that would be an mm-hmm. interesting piece. You know. He traded for Kyrie. Why not go all in at this point? You know, if yeah. you're hitching your wagon to Kyrie, you must be in the all in board. So why not try to get go go big, not get a necessarily I wouldn't call him a massive piece, but a piece to like definitely, you know, be better, help out this team, especially on the defending end. Plus he's a good three point scorer as well. Be interesting to see what they do. Um yeah, you know, this is a trade deadline that seemed kind of boring on paper, and now it's kind of like, ooh, after this Kyrie trade, it's like, what are teams going to do, you know? It mm-hmm. seemed like maybe we are going to get a couple of moves, and now it's like Kyrie's traded, so anything could happen. Now. Let's see what happens, sure. Right, yeah. For sure. Uh, so, and, and so I'll, go, I'll, back. I'll, go ahead, Kyle. Uh, go, go ahead, Kyle. No, I was just going to say real quick, you know, uh, Michael chiming good evening, everyone. Good evening, Michael. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Coach Dante. Appreciate you tuning in as well. Just want to get those out of the way. Yeah, for sure. Go ahead, Jake. So as far as what Dylan was saying, as far as like, what is, what what else is going to happen for the trade deadline? Your initial reaction would be that Brooklyn would be looking to trade Durant because Mm -hmm. my thought process is Brooklyn is not going to be able to contend this year with the roster Mm -hmm. that they have. The players that they got, it ain't going to happen. So Kevin Durant hasn't yet announced a, a trade request. Brooklyn came out and said that they're not wanting to trade him. And I think it's really evident with what Dylan said, where they took this package from Dallas to get the best players available, as opposed to the best assets available, because of all the assets that you could get, the best assets are those Lakers picks. Those picks are going to be gold because LeBron James isn't going to be there. Anthony Davis isn't and their Lakers really have been struggling as a franchise to bring players in, to develop players, those picks are going to be really good. So you would think that if Brooklyn was taking a more long-term approach, they would have sent Kyrie over to Brooklyn, get those picks back, but they seem to want to win, which I just find odd. I would think that you would want to try and maximize on Kevin Durant's value because so many teams, I mean, Phoenix would turn over almost anything to try and get him. Yeah. So like, I think what, Phoenix, what's going to happen here? Go ahead, I think go. Phoenix is a good team. Phoenix or like Toronto, like both those teams. Ah, Toronto would be. Int- I guess Toronto wouldn't be in the market for it, but Phoenix definitely would be like an interesting piece. Like, man, they'll give you Miles Bridges if you want Miles Bridges. You'll get Miles Bridges. Yep. If you want DeAndre Ayton, you'll get DeAndre Ayton. Like, 
you have all the leverage with Kevin Durant. It's like you're 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 trading a number one, number two, number three, depending on where you have Kevin Durant, a top five player in the NBA. You have yep. all the leverage. Like, and if it gets to a point where he's on good terms with the Nets, the Nets are like, okay, like, I think we're gonna reset. Like, we can get a lot of value out of you. Like, we're ready to reset. Just get some young pieces. Use those picks we get. Like, if they leave Baha on a good term, like, they'll be even better for all parties aside. So it's like, man, like. I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know what the Nets are doing. Like you could, uh, uh. like man, if I could get Miles Bridges like three first round picks and another young star, yep. like man, because you're not gonna win with this team, the, especially in the East. The East is way too good. The teams that I'm thinking could make a serious move for them would be Memphis Grizzlies or the New Orleans Pelicans. They both have a lot of really good young players. They have a bunch of draft picks. They could put together any pack and you'd be like, okay, look, here, just pick some of these things. We'll give you some players. We'll give you some picks. And Kevin Durant's going to go to a team where he can win. It's not like he's going to go to a bad team or a team that's going to get completely stripped bare to get them because those teams have deep stacked rosters. Uh, Mm -hmm. Question I want to throw out is if you're Kevin Durant, do you request a trade? Do you want out of Brooklyn? I think so. Well, I I I think so. I feel I feel like they said like he met with the Nets or whatever. So could it be something where he went in there trying to figure out what their direction is? If maybe they told him that they have a couple of deals on the table to bring him some other pieces. I don't know. I kind of doubt it, but I think also on the Nets side, it's like, okay, we got rid of Kyrie. You know, if we trade KD, now we're kind of left with pieces and Ben Simmons. Because Ben Simmons is like the asset you you probably couldn't give away for free. Yeah, right I now. hear he has zero trade zero value trade value in the league. Right. Like zero trade value. So I think they're probably more likely to try to convince KD to be like, okay, this year might be rough, but we can make some moves now, maybe some stuff in the offseason, and maybe we're a better team next year. I so think I just... it could also be one of those things where like they're like, hey, let us give us give us the rest of the season, like help us to try to facilitate some trades. You know, yeah. we'll give you any offers that we get, we will bring to you. And if you like it and we're like, we can agree on a price or whatever, like that's something we're willing to do and give us an off season. If we can't make anything happen, you want to request a trade in this off season after free agency or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cool. Understandable. So I think it's one of those things like, Probably Kevin Durant's like, man, I don't want to pick up and move this year. Like, I already got a place here. Like, let's see, let's see what we can do. And you know, maybe, maybe the Nets might not be a contender team, but it's still with Kevin Durant, you could still be a playoff team. And maybe he's just kind of fine with the fact, like, hey, maybe we don't need another star here. Just get me some players who just want to get here and play, and I'll be the star that we need here. And it could be one of those situations, you know. Maybe he's tired of having a star. Who knows? It's it's so interesting with Kevin Durant. He's he's not in the same boat with Kyrie, but they both have interesting attitudes when it comes to the game. It's like one minute like they're committed, and the next thing you know, it's like eh, I would rather not be here. So no, it's, it's just it, it's a good it's point. Like he's he's a very unique individual. And remember, he did request a trade or to have the GM and the coach fired this summer. I think what Dylan is proposing or suggesting is probably what happened, where he met with the team. And they're saying, look, like, don't sabotage the year. Give us six months or whenever, like, the trades open up in the summer to really work with teams to maximize our the return that the Nets can get. We'll try and get you to your preferred situation. The Nets don't become 
at that point a laughing stock because Harden requested a trade and then Kyrie and Durant, like the Nets would just be, I mean, they kind of already are because they're mm-hmm. always in the year for long reasons. Kind of a way for them to save save face. The only thing I would be concerned about if I'm Kevin Durant is like how many more years do we have of this prime Kevin Durant? He's not no one else is gonna be like LeBron James, where you could just be pushing into 20 plus years at this elite level. Kevin Durant, you only have a couple more years. He's going to get hurt a couple of times every year. Like you have to maximize because he's playing at a MVP level this year. And it's just kind of a shame that this team is just so chaotic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also think for Josiah and Brooklyn, you know, maybe they think with Cam Thomas now getting the opportunity and how he's played. I'm going crazy. Right. So maybe they think now with Kyrie out of the way, you know, maybe Cam Thomas becomes a legitimate rotation guy. You bring it back Dinwiddie, who was his first stint in Brooklyn, was a pretty good player. So if he comes back and finds that again, you know, we already talked about Dorian Finney-Smith as kind of a glue guy. He kind of fits like the Royce O'Neal role, which they already have him as well. So it might be interesting. Maybe O'Neal is a guy who maybe gets moved. I don't know. But maybe they could sell Durant on this team, just give it time. You know, yeah, we're probably not going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals or anything this year. But these pieces, we kind of use this year to evaluate, like, who we need, who we can move on from, and then kind of build a little new core around you and whichever guys seem to fit best with you. Now, it's going to be whether or not Durant's, like, down for that kind of plan or if it's something where – you know, he gets word like Phoenix wants him and he goes to Brooklyn and is like, send me there. I, I, just just get me there. Then maybe that's where it comes into play. But I, I mean, I doubt if he hasn't requested a trade, like we're coming up on Tuesday night, could Brooklyn turn around magic again like they did with Kyrie and in a couple of days work out a trade for Kevin Durant? I guess it's possible, but I think it's unlikely. So I think he's there the rest of the year. But my question to you guys would be, one, I guess going back to Kyrie where we started this, do you see him, I guess, re-signing in Dallas? Or do you think he's moving on after the year? I think he re-signs. I feel like like Dallas being the team trading for him, they're the team the most willing to give him the most money, you know? It's like we already traded all this stuff away for him, and, like, why – why not try to sign him back to an extension, regardless of what it was? Um, I feel like if Kyrie hits the, and I one, I also feel like Kyrie would be more eager to re-sign with them too, um, being that if he hits the open market, like I feel like there's some teams that yes, as he as great of a talent as he is, might not want to sign him or give him as much money or give him the type of deal that he wants without incentives, which seems like that's something he's very against. It's like. Man, you're a great player, Kyrie, but also these teams are not willing to fully commit to you. And if the Mavericks are willing to give you a contract that you like, I feel like an extension is very possible. I feel like the Mavericks, I'm not sure how trades work because tampering and stuff like that. But I imagine if during the trade talks, they probably spoke to Kyrie and were like, hey, like we want to keep you here. We want to get an extension done. If they had a good talk, that's probably why they were more eager to do a trade. But you never know with stuff like that. We saw how the whole Kawhi situation went down. Like, he was mm-hmm. just there and gone. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I think the first thing is no one can ever really actually know what's going on in Kyrie's mind because he's such a unique mm-hmm. individual that trying to guess is just you may as well play the lottery uh, for that aspect. But I, I do think that of all the teams that he's likely to be with at the start of the year next year, it would be Dallas because Kyrie's wanting to get the most money he can. He's lost a lot of money recently. He's lost uh, all the sponsorship deals. They're all gone. He got um, a bunch of uh, fines for the COVID stuff. He missed games. So he wasn't getting those game checks. He's missed a lot of a uh, lot of money and he wants to make the most biggest contract. And if he were to become a free agent, the way that the salary cap works in the NBA, you can't just like the Lakers couldn't just sign him for a big contract because they're, they're salary capped out. Whereas since you trade him, you, you acquire his bird rights. You can go over like there's so many ways that you can, that the Dallas Mavericks can create a contract that's nuanced where it's beneficial for both parties. I think he stays there. And outside of the Lakers, like what other teams would really want to take him on. I could see the Clippers maybe doing it because they're always just trying to be in this window situation. But the other contenders, I don't really see a whole lot of those teams that would really want to take on that risk because it is a big risk when you sign on with them. Uh, so I think Dallas is probably the, the best bet. And there has to have been some sort of wink, wink, nudge, nudge on, hey, we're going to offer you a good contract if you're on good behavior before the trade happened. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean... I mean, what also helps Kyrie in this is that was it Texas with no state no tax state income tax. Yep. So maybe that's a draw for him. I also think maybe with Mark Cuban as the owner and his kind of energy, maybe he is is the kind of owner that makes Kyrie feel welcome. Uh, I don't know. I guess these, I guess like next few weeks in in the season where we get to see him and Luca on the court. We'll have to see, do they create any chemistry? Do they, I guess, go on a little winning streak and they start feeling good and then maybe his mentality changes? Or if they struggle, that's where I think Dallas could be in real trouble because, as we know, you know, Kyrie could be happy one minute, upset the next minute. He could step away. Who knows? So, I mean, starting with Wednesday, I'm – pretty sure a lot of people are going to be watching that game to see oh, I'm, I'm, Kyrie. I'm very interested yeah luke and Kyrie on the court to see who must brings watch the ball up, who, <laughs> if it comes out of a situation late in a shot clock who has the ball in their hands if we're even lucky enough to late game situation you know need their last possession need a bucket who's taking that shot so I mean, it's going to be very interesting because we give a lot of flack towards Luca and being like, and this whole situation being like, man, we can't, we don't know if this is going to work. Luca has to be like a main ball handler. And it's like, does he? It's like, we've never seen him play with a main ball handler like that. Right. It's like, we haven't seen him play with a Kyrie type of player, a player that can make his own offense. So it's like, maybe that could be better for Luca. Maybe he just fits him in a better playmaking role and gets his buckets whenever he wants. So it's like, there's still some unknown to this combo. Of course, that's why people are going to be watching the game, but with people thinking like, hey, this isn't going to work in a sense, like, these are two people who need to make their own scoring. Like, I don't necessarily believe that. you got two of the greatest playmakers at least when it comes to the guard spot in the game right now, playing on the same team. Like, it's hard to believe that they couldn't make something work. 
No, I, I think they can okay. make something work. And mm -hmm. I think the big reason why this trade was made this year as opposed to other years is the West is wide open. And it's been yeah. wide open all year. I mean, right now, they're from looking at the standings, they're the sixth seed. And they're just four games back from the two seed. Like, they're not that far out from having, you know, a home home court advantage in the first round. They're They're right there. There's a lot of teams that have a lot of question marks about what they can do. And I think this is a move where they're like, you know what? We got to, we got to show Luca that we're trying if we want to keep him. We don't want to have a situation where we just keep kicking the can down the road for when we're going to make a move and hope Luca just decides to stay here his whole career because that's, that's not going to work. Mm -hmm. And who knows, even maybe behind the scenes, right? When Luca, why not, well not Luca, Kyrie requested a trade. Luca went up to the Mavericks and was like, I would like to play with him. Like, you know, yeah. who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe they have a connection. You never know with NBA players. You never know who knows who really, or who's friends when it comes down to it. But like, maybe Luca had a connection with Kyrie before and was like, Hey, like, I would like to play with him. Like I would, I feel like we could make a run if you give me someone like Kyrie on this team. And they saw an opportunity and went with it. So who knows? I'm very interesting. I, I, the Mavericks were definitely one of those teams that were like, I could see making a move, but they were definitely on the lower tier. Like I saw the Suns, the Lakers, like the Timberwolves, the Heat, like tons of teams making this move rather than the Mavericks. And now that he's on the Mavericks, I'm kind of like, oh, like this is this is interesting. Where do we go from here? Like, yeah, I see. I think Kyrie would be on the Suns if Chris Paul didn't fall off a cliff this year. If we got the Chris Paul we saw last year and they offered that trade, then I think that happens. But then again, would Phoenix make the trade offer if Chris Paul wasn't wasn't yeah. playing this poorly? I mean, right. it and it was inevitable. Like small guards, it just it just happens. We all can't be LeBron James. Yeah. Jake Crowder almost got traded. They almost finally did something with Jake Crowder in that trade. <laughs> Jake Crowder, yeah. man. I mean, uh, he has to get moved by Phoenix. Not he will. Sure, it's not he will. Kyrie deal, well, like, it's well, what? Why hasn't they just like? I've heard Milwaukee keeps trying for him, and it's just like take whatever Milwaukee gives you. Like he's not done a single thing for you. Like a second round pick will be more than what Jay Crowder has doing for you right now, or will do for you in the future. Like, yeah. like they were giving you players too, like young pieces, like Jordan Awara and a couple other guys and some picks. So like, take it. <laughs> Let Jake Crowder play basketball. That's all he wants to do. Yeah. Um, well, I guess one last question would be, now that we know the deal they got from Dallas, then the reported deals from the Lakers and the Suns or whatever, was this the best package that the Nets could have gotten? I'm going to say... Oh, go ahead, Dylan. Go no. ahead. Oh, I'm going to say... No, I don't know. It's very interesting because it's like we don't know what teams value players as. Like you don't know if maybe the Nets valued, like, for example, Spencer Dinwiddie and Dory Finney-Smith's defense more than like a Chris Paul and a Jay Crowder would be, more than these picks would be. It's it, it's very interesting. It seems with that Lakers thing, they wanted either Max Christie, Austin Reeves, and the pick. So it's like they seemed like they wanted to go really young or they wanted to get players who could play right now. And it seemed very interesting. Um, I'm going to say no, because like we said earlier, uh, this Nets team isn't a championship caliber team. So it's like, why are we trying to trade for more and more pieces when we could just get younger and get picks and, you know, use those potentially to get another star here with Kevin Durant in a still winnable window. So it's very interesting, you know, maybe Dinwiddie, it's really hard to tell. Maybe Dinwiddie goes crazy there. Maybe he turns into an old 
you know, the Nets guard that he was there and starts averaging 20, 30 points a game. You know, you know, you can, only time will tell. But overall, if the Nets want to win now, I guess it's the best one of the best trades they probably could have got. But overall, I don't think they're a win now type of team. So I'm going to say no. It it comes down, I mean, as if they're if the Nets are wanting to win this year, this is probably the best offer they could have got as far as for winning in the playoffs and maybe hoping for injury luck on the for the uh, for their team and injury bad luck for the other teams. But as far as if I were the GM, I'm taking the Lakers picks. I'm taking those every time. They're worth gold. I'm I'm probably if I'm the Nets, I wouldn't even be using them to to draft. I wouldn't be using them in 27 and 29. I'd be using them to bring in an asset because a lot of smart teams are going to be going after those draft picks, knowing that they're going to be probably really, really valuable, especially if they're going to be unprotected. But again, the Nets just, they seem to be wanting to cling on to some sort of hope that they can be relevant, that they can still maybe win a first round playoff game. And if that's their goal, this is probably the best bet. But if I'm the GM, I'm, I'm taking, I'm sending Kyrie to, to the Lakers, even if that's where yeah. he wanted to go. And I, I, have animosity towards Kyrie. I want those picks. I want those picks. Yeah, to even like think like definitely I like definitely what Jake said. Like they don't even have to draft with those picks. They could have traded it for another star. Like you have someone like Zach Levine who's expressed discomfort. Like wait on off season. You got two first round picks. You could throw that some other pieces into a Zach Levine trade and now you got Kevin Durant and Zach Levine on a team. That'd be a lot more interesting than wait until twenty twenty seven yep. to see the kid in eighth grade get picked. Yep. And you could also use the that pitch to Kevin Durant where you're like, look, we're going to make this trade. We're going to get these two picks. We're probably going to bring in Westbrook, and we know there's history there. But just, just trust us. We're going to use these picks, and we're going to get you another dude. Just give us to this whole summer. Let us work through this summer before you make any big decisions on anything. Um, but they, they didn't do that, and we'll just see what Spencer Dinwiddie can do. I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie seems to be a guy that people always want in trade rumors, but once you get him to on your team, you're like, uh, is he really that good? Is I mean, I watched him play one season in Washington when I went to a game a couple of years ago, and it's like he's fine, he's okay, but like, is he gonna change the fate of a franchise as your second best player? No, man. And the even crazier thing about that, like uh, thinking about it contractually wise, like they should have done. I feel like that that Lakers deal was just the smartest way to do because even if you decided like, hey, like I don't want. To like Westbrook on this team, you could buy out his contract. Just I buy him out. It would be very, be very easy. And now you have a lot of cap space, like 18 yep. million or something, freeable into the next off season. And then, or you could just one if Kevin Durant was like, I'm fine playing with him on the team. Like you could definitely like just keep him. And then if you don't want to resign him, you know, there you go. He's a free agent. You have all that cap off the books now. Go sign some good people with your mid level exception. Good some good role players because. You'll have a decent amount of money to spend then. Yeah. yeah what's going on, George? What's going on, man? Sorry, man. Work work had me uh, beat today, oh, man. Uh, yeah. But uh, what's yeah, going on, fellas? No, we're just talking about uh, Kyrie and the whole deal to Dallas. You know, we kind of went through all that, and now mm-hmm. we're seeing in terms of the package that Brooklyn got back, you know, did they get the best offer that they could have? You know, Jake and Dylan brought up a good point that, you know, the, the Lakers picks were intriguing because that's going to be post-LeBron. So you figure the Lakers will probably be lottery teams those years, which would look better for Brooklyn. But 
the philosophy might have been take the guys who are more, I guess, willing to, or I guess, more ready to commit, uh, contribute to the team. I should say, this year. Hopefully, that makes Kevin Durant happier and makes him want to stay around. So that's kind of what we were going back and forth with. So I guess, what are, what's your thoughts on Kyrie before we move on to like? Yeah, so my thoughts on Kyrie going to the Mavs or just the whole um Yeah. I mean, I I, I thought the Lakers were like the, the, the front I, I know it was the Lakers and the Mavs were the front runners to get them. Um the cleric front runners. Um I think the Suns of Miami, they're kind of like in the mix too, but um I don't know. Like I I mean I don't like to endorse like other, you know, analysts on here, but like uh Jay Jay Williams, right? Um he was on like I think ESPN TNT or something like that, like breaking down like the offense of the Mavs, and because um, before I was, before I saw this this breakdown, um, I thought that you know Ky- I don't like Kyrie and Luca. They're both ball dominant players, um, so they both want the ball in their hands. But when I saw the Jay Williams breakdown, I think it was Tristan Thompson. I think it was um, I forget her name, the dark skinned um analyst um Adika Akunoe. She's with like uh, oh, I, I'm okay. Agumake, yeah. yeah, she's on there with uh, usually with um, Candace Parker and stuff, and um, uh, what's her uh, what's the analyst's name? Um, Malika Andrews. Uh, so they're breaking it down and basically saying that say if um, they're in offense and Luca has a ball, right? He's most dominant like ball hitter on that team, so they're going to double team him and leave Kyrie open on, on the other side mm-hmm. on the right side. So Jay Williams, was, no, I think Jalen Rose was saying how like. Where Kyrie is open on a double team on Luca, he Kyrie is good on that right side. That's where he hit that shot against Curry in the finals. You know, so he's used to that area. So maybe a co-work with the whole like pick and pick and roll or like you know off ball. But Kyrie, I I think this is just a, a like a season rental because he's moving out west. He's gonna be in LA next year. That's my prediction, man. Like he, maybe we'll see Cuban. There maybe it is. So- there it is. I'm saying maybe Cuban, if Cuban is smart, maybe he'll sign sign, sign Kyrie long term. But maybe we'll see how they do. Like, come become the when it comes to the end of the season. But I just don't know if it's gonna work because like Kyrie and they're both. So someone's gonna have a sacrifice, sacrifice not putting up fifty a night because Luca does that like on a nightly basis or almost every other uh, game. Luca has a thirty point triple double. How rare! And Kyrie, I mean, he's gonna be. I mean, I don't know. We'll see how it works. Um, but. I mean, even Kid and I think Cuban said that this could win him a championship. I don't think they have. I mean, they lost Finney Smith. He's a good stretch big man. They they, they really don't have any big men other than Christian Woods, um, or maybe Powell. Yeah. Um. So they maybe I'm. Uh, I mean, he's still. I mean, he's a good shooter though. Um. But they don't have a true like other than when when he comes back. I think he's hurt Christian Woods, but I don't know. Um. I guess we'll. I think they play tomorrow. Well, potentially, his start is tomorrow, so we'll see how that looks. Um, but I don't know. I don't think it's gonna work as well as people thought. I think it might get. It might bring fans into the arena more because they got Kyrie, Kyrie's box office. Um, but as far as winning a championship and going in deep into playoffs, like either one's gonna have to sacrifice giving up those points and like giving one to another, or maybe Kyrie. I mean, or maybe, I mean, or maybe Kyrie. They, It'll be Kyrie. He, or maybe did, it with, both, yeah, he did it with Durant. Points. He would kind of stand around if Durant was going. So I don't have an issue with Kyrie there. I mean, you did say, you know, about them both being ball dominant, but I, I think they'll work it out. 
And I guess, well, the question I asked Jake and Dylan, I'll ask yeah. you once again before we move on. I mean, you kind of already answered it because you said you see him in L.A. next year. Yeah. Um, I think Dylan said he thinks he stays in Dallas and Cuban resigns him. And Jake said the same thing. So um, I also said, like, these next probably couple of weeks are going to be important because we're going to see can he and Luca form some chemistry. Mm-hmm. And if not, then it's probably more likely he's probably moving on because I'm sure Cuban's looking at this like, yeah, I'm not going to approach you with a long-term deal now. Let's right. see if it works first. But I don't know. One, it's it's an interesting dynamic for sure. It is. One thing to note, though, uh, Jordan, for you wanting him to come to your Lakers, uh, you guys are in a tough salary cap spot. You guys well, are projected to have $34 million in salary cap with four players. Well, people forget that Walter Buffett contract is off the book, so that's a lot. Yeah, that, that thirty-four million dollars oh, is accounting for. Uh, oh, that's for Russell for Russell Westbrook being gone, and your roster for players signed for next year. Just looking on a uh, sport track is LeBron mm-hmm. James, Anthony Davis, Damian Jones, and Max Christie. That's everyone that's under contract. Wait, isn't Max Christie have... like a rookie deal though? Yeah, yeah but I'm saying you have yeah, you have, you have the four roster you have to spots. Fill out a roster with the you have, so what, you have you have to fill out 11 spots, 10, 11 spots with 34 million dollars, and and Kyrie's looking to get that bag, get that max deal. Might be kind of tough. That's yeah. uh, I I know you ride hard for your Lakers, but just yeah. I mean, I mean, I was just, like I was just having having talks to my friends that are you know, um, LA fans and Mass fans, and they say that this could be a rental. Cause like you know he was he was on the east coast going to the Mavs west coast you know maybe maybe they can work out with Luca maybe like Kyle said this is like I wouldn't say a week this is about like a couple months because like playoffs they're gonna be in the playoffs um, so I mean we'll see after the All Star break if they can get a get a rhythm and they do Mark he was just signed signed sign to a contract or a long term deal but if uh, if not he's probably gonna go to go to L A and play with LeBron I don't know I don't, I don't know why Kyrie was. Uh, I mean, LeBron was like, duh, like where he was asked, like, because they played before, like in the interview. And then Kyrie said, like, I mean, he wanted to play with LeBron, but I was shocked when I, he, the Mavs were kind of got him. But I know Cuban said that um, Luca um, is the f- best all time ball handler on our team and Kyrie the second best. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. Um, well, one more bit of NBA news that we definitely have to talk about is LeBron. Looks like tonight will be the night where he, you know, breaks the scoring mark. Yeah. Becomes the number one guy. I'm sure they stop the game. You know, Dylan, what do you say in the group chat, man? I'm a, I'm a leave for uh, Lonnie Walker's high bounce, bounce, and uh... yeah, I know. yeah, you know, you're talking about how you're like, hey, man, like the podcast can't run for too long. Yeah, man, I gotta it's at ten o'clock, man. So I gotta, I gotta get going, man. Well, whatever. No, uh, but, well, you know, big moment, you know. I'm sure the game will stop. It'll be round of applause and all that kind of stuff going for him. But, I mean, he might. People are start do, throwing roses on the floor. He might do the Denzel tear, just just one <laughs> streaming down. Gets all the emotion of the of the whole situation. But question would be, how do you see? I guess LeBron breaking the mark. What kind of play do you think it is? It has to. It has to be. It has to be a dunk. It has to be like. It has to be a breakaway dunk, and him just like slamming it down with like a one hand tomahawk. Yeah. Like it has to be an iconic dunk. Yeah. Or it has to be him doing that little windmill he does, like the windmill reverse. It has to be something iconic. 
it ha- I'll agree with Dylan. It has to be something big. It has to be something memorable and typical of LeBron James. A good, a yeah, good yeah, example yeah. I'll say is, you know, I'm a life lifelong Utah Jazz fan. When John Stockton broke the all-time assist record, they were blowing out the Denver Nuggets. They called a timeout when he was like one away. They uh, subbed Carl Malone back in, and they ran a play specifically for Carl Malone to make the basket because that was what, you know, Stockton mm-hmm. to Malone. They yeah. wanted it to be iconic. LeBron James, more than any other athlete, knows his history is aware of the history of the game and what he means. Everything he says is so calculated. Everything he does is so calculated. He's not going to want to make it on a free throw. Like, how anticlimactic would that be? He's going to make it, it on a big dunk, something happens, where he's going to be able to flex. And, and yeah. yeah, he has to make the free throw. Um, it has it has to be something big. It has to be something cool. And I think that he's aware of it. And again, as a huge LeBron James fan, he's going to deliver, and it's going to be really cool. And I'm looking forward to it. See, I'm a, I like y'all know. I like I'm the biggest Laker fan, LeBron supporter. I mean, last game he did have twenty something, twenty four, twenty six points. To, he had like sixty seven, I think, um, to get to thirty six. But like, do you think that? I and mean, I wanted I wanted to get it tonight. Mm-hmm. But like, do you think there's a small chance he doesn't get it? Like, or yeah. paying seventy five k to see LeBron break the record <laughs> just for him to hit thirty five? I mean, I'm just saying, like, it could happen. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, you know, he might not. I mean, he. Uh, I mean, I think he's gonna get it tonight. But I'm just, I just had the weird feeling that, like, if he doesn't get it, he's going to get it against the Bucks. Um, How many does he need tonight? 36? 36. I mean, he can get it easily. Yeah, but last year he had 26. He'll probably yeah. take 40 shots to get there if he has to. Yeah. I mean, the, he the got Lakers, lucky. They're, they're ne- their go next couple it. games are at home. Yeah. Not, their next two games are at home. So at least he gets to break it in L.A. That's, so that, at least true. that's good for them. I was saying, like, what if, like, I mean, Kareem is talking all that crap. What about LeBron if LeBron is, like, you know, does it on against the, um, the Bucks, the team that he played on, you know, back in the day. So that can, that's like kind of like, ah, oh, wow. No one kinda thinks like about Kareem in. playing for the Bucks because he was Lou Alcindor yeah, when true. he played for the Bucks. Yeah. Like yeah. he became Kareem when he went to the Lakers. Like I, I think true. the biggest deal is, is what's the highlight going to be so that when people Google or YouTube LeBron James, you know, breaking the know. scoring record, it's going to be a big deal. And then you obviously you want to do it at home. And I think those yeah, are the only two things. That's a good question. Like, what's the highlight? Like, I mean, I might it might be I might be AD alley to LeBron, man. Like, a, like a D Wade, old school D Wade to uh, LeBron, Miami Heat alley kind of thing. Um, it could be it, a three. It could be a three pointer. He could have forty three. What three if it was pointer. something wild? What if it was something wild? Like, like hit him in the head and went in. <laughs> <laughs> That would, that would just be like the biggest, like, man, <laughs> like when you look up LeBron, all you see is him breaking the score rating record by hitting, getting with his head with the ball. With his head. That'd be great. I'm sure LeBron's mind, he would like it to be maybe a buzzer beater step back three to break that, the record. That would be legit. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. I mean, I man, imagine, imagine, imagine how Westbrook feels in that situation. Imagine LeBron breaking the record against your friend, like your old franchise team. That'd be kind of funny. I mean, he did. I mean, he didn't did get the triple double against the Thunder, so he should be happy about that. Okay. I, I, mean, feel, I feel like I feel like Russell is humble enough to like you respect the the king. Oh no, I just still at the same time, like you have to be like, dang, like yeah, that's true. I feel like I feel like and, as a player, no matter what, like. Playing against my former team, I'd always just feel a little weird being like, yeah, I played for you guys. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I know you're I know the personnel, I know the staff. 
Yeah, I, I mean, feel like I feel like he still loved mm-hmm. in Oklahoma City as well. Yeah, he still like they they loved Westbrook down there. Oh yeah, yeah. no. Nah. Yeah. Now it would have been different if like they're in OKC and they're like, oh wow, LeBron doing that. I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess that makes a little more sense. If it was like he broke it in OKC, that's where I thought it was. No way, 98,000 for like a Thunder ticket. I know. I was like, man, I'm like an hour and a half away from there. Yeah, I looked on game time. That was Lakers tickets for the Thunder game. And it was like, well, I think the court side, like low level, that's like 98,000. But like there's tickets for like 121. I mean, that's still. So I mean, I thought people wanted to be at courtside. I thought every ticket, like that, was even a not even a principal ticket is ninety thousand. That's crazy. If they did that, it'd be half empty. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, and Freddie, hop that, hop that plane, man. I, I thought he was joking with us, man. Hey, if Freddie wanted to put that down to go sit up in the nosebleeds, I'm not not saying that he's up there, but if they were selling tickets like up in the nosebleeds for ninety eight thousand, you might have a riot outside. So I don't that, care so what LeBron's just, about to do. Yeah, that was so. So, so that hundred thousand now is like court size. That's like, for you know the little the, the you celebrities, know, celebrities who want to be like, oh, I was here for the game. They they can pay that. Yeah, like sure LeBron's probably not even talked to like half of you guys, really. Yeah. yeah. You don't even know. You don't even know who Thomas Bryan is. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, you'll probably see. You know, yeah. Drake. He likes showing up for random stuff. Maybe Jay Z. Beyonce, Beyonce, who knows? Yeah, it'd be, it'd be crazy. Spin. It'd be crazy if everyone showed up and like Austin Reeves dropped like sixty. <laughs> I thought he was hurt. I, I don't think LeBron James' <laughs> ego would let that happen. Uh, Again, as someone who I loves LeBron James, player. it would be it would be fun if he wasn't the highlight player on that night. That that some rando just went off. That'd be great. Sure he drops forty-seven. Russell had a fifty-point triple double. <laughs> But hey, like, but like it's like LeBron's like two points away and like like Westbrook blocks it out. <laughs> like um, Westbrook doesn't pass him the ball. It's like, no, nah, I'm gonna take the shot. The only reason why I think LeBron's gonna pass it tonight is because like no one really on the Thunder can really guard LeBron. Maybe maybe SGA, but he's a nah, I don't know. He can't even Darius no, just gonna Darius Basin. Uh, nah. Um that's why I think he's gonna do it tonight. Cause I mean if he was playing like if he was playing like Yeah, I was about to say Lou Dort. Because no. Lou Dort is at least he's built. Yeah, but LeBron will build by him. Do you think? I mean, do you think like, for example, I for mean, the Thunder? Let's be real, man. Like, like you think the same? Yeah, like, like you think any like, teams he's a good could defender, try? But like, he, come on, post post up, come on. You think any teams, like for example, in the Thunder's case, are going to want to be like, I don't want to be the team that LeBron scores these points on, like break 100%. the record on my team, my season, yeah. like. I, I do think LeBron will break the record, po- probably, possibly, but also at the same time, it's like, man, I feel like the Thunder are going to be playing a little harder out there. It's like, break that on Giannis. Break that on, break that play in there, the Bucks. Don't break it against the crappy Thunder. There's a sense of pride, and the Thunder are playing pretty well right now. And it's not mm-hmm. like they're the Thunder that we're kind of been expecting, where they're bottom tier. They're they're playing really well. They have a lot of fire, and I think they have. They're going to have a huge sense of pride of like, no, we're not, we're not going to do it. If you Go back to like the home run chase in '98. Every pitcher, but that was facing Mark McGuire is like, "No, you are not going to home run off of me. I refuse to let it happen." Right. It's the same thing here, where teams are gonna, "No, I don't want to be with again with people YouTube and history pulls up. They don't want to see it." I'll, I'll say this as a Utah Jazz fan: I hate seeing Michael Jordan's last shot as a Chicago Bull because oh, it's against the Jazz in Salt Lake City. 
I hate it where he pushes off a of Russell. They shouldn't have called the foul. I agree with the no call, but, but that, he pushed he pushed off, and I hate seeing it. Oh, oh, oh. I, I always hate seeing it. Like it's just was that the was that the flu game? No, that the flu game was in '97. This was 97. in '98. Uh, I'm gonna say you hung out Jordan sick that game. I'm food poisoning. <laughs> food poisoning. Well, if he's dumb enough to order Little Caesars pizza at like ten o'clock at night, come on. That was that was against the Jazz, right? That yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Was against the Jazz. Right. It was on purpose. Well, well, what was Someone I had to bet say? on the Jazz. Utah Jazz fans are—they uh, can be pretty malicious. So I'm not going to confirm nor deny it. I'll just say that they—that's <laughs> the only sports team there, and uh, they're not exactly the friendliest to opposing players and i'll just yeah, no, they, got, I'll, they got I'll they got the there. they got the youth there and uh, for the pac-12 football and they've been doing good and they go wild oh they're, they're yeah you utah sports fans in general are just jerks as a whole no matter what sport it is i'll i'll, I'll just leave it there but i'm gonna go with the arian foster route i'm playing like the scripts are written for lebron to pat to pat it tonight <laughs> like uh, the script is written for LeBron to do it tonight. I mean, two weeks ago, well, a week ago, we were saying like projected February February seventh ticket for seventy five thousand. I mean, it's a Thunder game, thirty six points away. Mm-hmm. It's written in stone in the script, man. Like, sign it off. <laughs> All right, we'll see. Because, uh, like I said, I'd hate to see people drop in 92,000 for LeBron to score like 29.30. You better get short. your refund back. 34 so that means, points. So, so that means he has to get like 36, 30, or 35, or 37 points right there. Or 36 would be 36. Tied. 36 would Is be it 36 to break or 36 to tie? I kind of thought it was 36. It's 36 to, to pass, 35 yeah. would tie. Okay. So he's going to end up with 34 <laughs> points. <laughs> so, 30, so 35 would tie, 36 would break. Imagine yep. if he tied it. I mean, that, now, yeah. now they're looking for OT. <laughs> a friend of mine said that anytime any sporting event ends in a tie, it's like kissing your sister. It just feels wrong. Huh? It's like, That's like it's fun. just to say, like, it's just like, like come on. <laughs> like, you're not going to end on a tie. Like, LeBron no, James is going to make sure he's not going to end at 35. He's either going to end at like 32 or 36. You're going you're to see him I'll... give the ref a couple hundred dollar bills and be like, you found it. <laughs> hey, Tim Donahue, ref this one game for me, please. <laughs> yeah. But I do, I do, I do see Jake's point, though, where it says, like, Angela's point where they're like, oh, Thunder might play hard. Like, I'm a Yankees fan, right? And Aaron Judge broke the home run record um, for a season. And, you know, pitchers were, you know, they weren't pitching Aaron because they know he was on the brink of, like, breaking that record. And, like, like pitchers weren't going to, like, pitcher. But like pitchers weren't like you know pitching fastball down the middle. They were like pitching outside, making them reach. You know what I'm saying? So, th- I mean, th- th- that's what teams do. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I expect, I like Le- I expect LeBron that. to shoot a lot. I don't expect him to get any like a lot of layups or dunks. Like he's gonna have to earn his points probably today shooting. I think we're gonna know really early if he's going to be doing more jump shots or he's going to be attacking the basket. With LeBron, you can usually get a pretty good sense early in a game for how he's feeling. And if he makes a couple of threes early, he's probably going to be doing jump shots until he gets to that 36 point where he wants to do something more iconic, something that's going to get the crowd really, really invigorated if he get a mm-hmm. huge dunk. I know he's going to do that, that finisher post-up fadeaway he does. That has to be. 
man it also i also feel like you would try to do something like kobe related to like try to do like his signature fadeaway to break it you yeah know, that's LeBron's what, i mean very, i'm the like that like he has that own like baseline you know fadeaway yeah. post up i feel I like that'd be something right. he'd do. that move huh jordan had that move then kobe had it and then no but i'm saying I don't e- know that everything ever, I kobe has jordan had first i love kobe Bryant, yeah. rest in peace and everything yeah. but there's a reason why Kobe looked up to Jordan so much is because they were so mm-hmm. similar. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see in a few hours whether or not uh, LeBron gets it done tonight. Did y'all but... talk about like uh, KD and like his? Yeah, we already talked about yeah, yeah, KD. Oh, You're late. Yeah, yeah. I was. I mean, I was gonna have my little input. I mean, they they said that uh, they they had no plans of trading him as of right now. But um, you imagine how? I mean. Who's their point guard now? What is it? What? Oh, it's uh, Cam Dinwiddie. Thomas, right? Oh, Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie. Oh, Dinwiddie? Okay. Dinwiddie, Cam Thomas. Um, Whoever they so, want. like, do y'all see them just, like, keeping Durant and, you know, building around, around him? Or... Yeah, basically what we said is that um, we basically kind of agreed that they were going to keep Durant for the season, you know, try to make some moves at the deadline, give it an off season, And if Durant doesn't like the moves they make in the off season, they'll move on for him. But if Durant likes the moves they make, he'll stay and probably till the end of his contract, maybe work out a one, two year extension. Is he still under contract after this year? Or is he on, on his deal? He's under contract till Possibly. 20. Is it 26? Durant has yeah, Durant has a few years left on his deal, which is kind of a tricky on. part with yeah. um with with trying to move him. So they still had the leverage in Brooklyn after the season to like move him or not. Yeah. Yeah. Durant signed a big deal. He won't be a free agent for a little bit. Yeah. I mean Durant if Durant had his way, he'd probably be like, get Simmons up out of here, but because of Simmons, you know rookie scale and all that there's like certain players you can't trade for and all that so it's just way too complicated with him but i think that i think that's what durant would love to see is the they gotta i mean durant has to make kyle's nightmares even worse in boston ben simmons that's yeah what do you man, think of them boston rumors those are a little interesting real, just real quick this last year and <laughs> nothing came from it they try to throw it out. I mean, like, do you think, I mean, do you think that would be a big three though? I mean, if uh Jake Tatum, Brown, and uh Ben Simmons? Well, no, it seems like it if be, that was to happen, Tatum Brown would Brown. be moved. Yeah. Brown would be moved as part of the deal. Oh, so it would be so it'd be Kate Tatum and Durant. Yeah. Oh shoot. Wait, well, I don't know. Ben Simmons Ben Simmons can't even Jalen Brown and Ben Simmons. Is he even healthy? Is he even healthy? Is he is he playing right now? He has a knee injury. Again, oh. suppose has, has, oh, I don't never mind. I, I think Ben Simmons is one of those athletes. I saw it in Boston with you know cross sports here. JD Drew was a was a player where if he wasn't a hundred percent, he was on the injured list. And I've I'm starting to feel like Simmons is kind of the same way. You know, Simmons probably woke up, stepped out of bed, they felt a little pinch, and was like, Oh, I'm I'm injured. And it's just and it's like I mean, I honestly don't know what Ben Simmons anymore. Like, what do you do with him? Because every team he's gone to, they they kind of soured on him pretty quickly. If you kind of send him out to Oblivion, I guess, Orlando or something like that, it'd be like, I don't want to trade a bunch of young guys to get this guy who's going to play, what, for two weeks and then sit out six weeks or something. So 
I don't know. I don't know what to oh. do with them. The, uh, they, um, that fellow just paid on Instagram and said the NBA would not stop the game to honor LeBron's record-breaking basket if the game is under one minute. No, I'm just. It says per TNT. It says under one minute. It went to six or goes to overtime. I don't buy that. The minute he does it, they'll stop the game, please. Bruh. You, you, you'll have the people paying ninety-eight thousand dollars fighting the refs yeah. to celebrate it. Yeah, okay, so fine. If they want to do that, what will happen is. Uh, what was it the night when DeRozan did? Bro, I'm surprised we don't have an after party live on TNT. Right, <laughs> the the night when DeRozan did something on San Antonio, I think Popovich purposely called a timeout like right after it to acknowledge it. It'll be something like that if they won't officially stop the game. But a Casey's coach again. Uh, somebody in the comments says someone's gonna call a timeout regardless if it's gonna be implemented. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's gonna be stopped. Uh, Who's Oklahoma's coach? Um, Buddy Donovan, uh, Billy Donovan. No, he's the Bulls coach. Yeah, I thought that was before you said. Oh, oh. It's Mark Dagenalt, I think. I'm I was seeing if it was just That's someone who had like any sort of relation towards. That. Yeah, I was seeing if there's anyone who had like maybe some sort of relation to LeBron. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes usually those coaches, the historic coaches like Steve, uh, not Steve Kerr, uh, Greg Popovich would be a good example. Like some of those coaches that have coached for a while, coached some legends and stuff like that. They're more like susceptible to like can appreciate the history too. Yeah, yeah. They, they they'll appreciate that. So. Who knows though? It's OKC, so it could be, it could so be a wild they, card. Also, they said Zion, Curry, and Durant are all out for All Star game. They they account for fifteen percent of all total fans votes. That's crazy. I mean, the fans voted for Zion. There's a good chance he was going to miss it. Curry's hurt. If I'm yeah, Curry, got hurt again with a knee, I think. Again, but so. if I'm Curry, I'm not rushing back just to nah. play an All Star game. So well, he, so, well, he was he was healthy. Came back from the, with the shoulder, I think. Um, so he came back, and then I guess he got hurt on like yeah. a contact. I don't, I don't want to keep talking about NBA, but what do we think should happen with Kyrie in this All-Star game now? Because what I said is since Curry is out, you give Kyrie Curry's starter spot, you promote Jalen Brown to a starter, and then mm-hmm. whatever you do with Zion, you do with Zion. I don't know who you give that starting spot there. And then Kevin Durant, I don't know who you give that starting. Joel Embiid, you give Joel Embiid that spot. Um so whoever is on the spot would be like the starter, I guess. And replace yeah, I don't. It'd probably I don't... be Markinen or Sabonis who'd kind of elevate there. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. I hope Markinen. I hope Markinen for Jake's sake. Make Markinen a starter. That'd be so. And the cool thing is, the thing to remember: the All Star Games in Salt Lake City. So mm-hmm. would yeah, it'd be cool they, for him. They have to. They have yeah. to. They you have to at that. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Or um, how how would would they just would the NBA league just pick it, or would they have the fans pick? The spot, uh, usually, well, usually, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, that's not happening. It'll be a reserve. <laughs> someone, someone else will get picked to be a reserve, probably. If possible. oh no, they oh, like Curry. Oh, Curry's out too. I forgot there's two spots yeah. to be replaced. Well, yeah, that, I'm saying Kyrie should get that spot since he's a West he's now. now West then. Oh, that's, uh, yeah. and then you can give Jalen Brown that other starter spot in the East. The way it should have been. Anyway. Let's go on to the NFL. It, yeah, Brown should have been the starter. I mean, oh, uh-huh. really but yeah. uh, like I said, this is Super Bowl week, so let's get in the. I'm gonna spend like an hour on the NBA, so uh, definitely have more to talk about next week after the trade deadline for sure. Hopefully, hopefully it's an active trade deadline. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. So with the NFL, before we get into Super Bowl, actually talk about some of the coaching hires. You know, we learned about D'Amico Ryan's 
he got mm-hmm. the Houston job. You know, a lot of people didn't think he'd go there because of Houston and what they'd done with previous uh, African-American coaches, but he gets that job. Sean Payton gets the Denver job, even though a lot of us thought he was going to get the Chargers job. That didn't happen. And then kind of on the coordinator side, Steve Wilkes is taking over for D'Amico Ryans in San Francisco after he didn't get the Carolina job. So um, Brian Flores in uh, yeah, well, yeah, Minnesota uh, as well, too. Yeah. I think that's a good hire for him. I mean, I thought he was going to get the Cardinals head coaching job, but yeah, I feel, I feel like, I feel like that probably was his job. If he wanted it, maybe he just liked maybe what Minnesota had offered. I don't know. I don't, that's weird. Flores to me seems like a guy that he's true to himself and he's not going to put up with any BS. Like he didn't right. build his team for two to be successful. He didn't like Tua. So I don't think he's going to be a guy that wants a short quarterback that has as many issues and red flags as Kyler Murray has. He can go to Minnesota. They have a lot of talent. They have a bad defense, though. And he can really pad up his resume and be like, you know what I did in Miami? You know what I did in Pittsburgh? Now look what I did in in, uh, Minnesota. And he can wait for a better job. I think it's a smart move. I wouldn't want to go to Arizona. I'd rather be a defensive coordinator for a year or two than go to Arizona. And that actually leads into my first question. We have two jobs left. Arizona and Indy. So put yourselves in the shoes of a coordinator out there in the NFL. You get a call from Ursay or I guess it's Bidwell in Arizona. Which job would be more appealing to you? And we can start with Jordan on the- You said Colts or who? Cardinals. For the head coaching job? Yep. I thought they um did I have a second interview for Saturday? I don't think it's gonna be a coach. No, Saturday's gone. He's out. Saturday's gone. Who's the, co- who's the QB for the Colts? Oh, they don't got one? No one. So to be question. determined so, in the draft. So, okay, I guess I'll start. So okay. it, it's really, it's, it's really whatever you, whatever, it's really whatever you want to do with that pick, you know? It's, um, you know, with the Colts, you kind of get your own sense of direction. You know, you have the ability to trade up and get a franchise guy. You have the ability to do a lot of different things. You can trade, make a trade for an Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I'm not sure I'd recommend that. I say draft a QB. The veterans haven't worked. Do something right. new, obviously. But with that being said, you could go in Aaron Rodgers. You could go with Derek Carr. You could go with these other things. Or you could take a chance on a quarterback. Now, I know it's the fourth overall pick. They could potentially get the first. They could get whatever in the top four. So they could get a top-tier quarterback. But again, you're taking a risk on someone like that. And then on the other side of that, you have the Cardinals, where they have a quarterback and Kyler Murray, who's an exceptional talent. I think all of us can agree he's probably a top five talent when it comes to at least just straight skill in the NFL. But he has some issues. You know, this Cardinal team has some issues. So, but they have the talent, which is the crazy thing. They have the talent quarterback. They have the key piece you need on an NFL franchise is a star quarterback. With a star quarterback, you can create a very interesting and intriguing offense with. So you have that piece. He just needs some guidance. So it's really just where you want to go. Both teams are kind of eh when it comes to cap. Both teams have some decent-sized holes. The Colts are probably a lot better when it comes to the offensive end, at least on the offensive line. Um, running back is obviously better if you have a healthy Jonathan Taylor back. Um, receivers are kind of interesting with both teams. You know, D-Hop will probably be out. You know, then the Cardinals got like Marquise Brown, Rondo Moore. On the Colts side, you have Michael Pittman. And then who do you really have after that? So it's a really interesting side for both te- uh, bo- bo- both 
teams, if you're a coach, it's like both teams have their defensive struggles. Maybe the Colts are slightly better, but they have their problems in the secondary. Um, the Cardinals have their problems in the secondary. You know, it's it's really interesting. Um, it's just a matter of what you want to do at quarterback, I think. Do you want to take a chance on Kyler Murray, or do you want to have your own control and build up a young roster with a Bryce Young, a C.J. Stroud, a Will Levis? Like, one of those guys, maybe an Anthony Richardson, if you think he's the dude there, you know? You have, it's really depending on the direction you want to go. Personally, I'm a big Kyler Murray guy, so I'd want to maybe take that Cardinals job, but I could see wanting to have your own quarterback and, you know, being able to morph him into an offense that's kind of built around him, especially with the small rookie contract, because you'll have four or five years of control before you have to give him any big bucks. So that could be very enticing over a Kyler Murray who's now going to be starting to make his massive money. I mean, you, you can go ahead, Jake. I'm I'm taking the Colts job, and yeah. both jobs aren't ideal. Like they're they're not great jobs. Um, the concern I have with the Cardinals is a couple. I do have concerns with Kyler Murray. Um, if a team has to put in a clause for video game usage, even if they removed it, I have some concern there. I have some concern about his durability. Like. Dylan, you're absolutely right. As far as like exciting players to watch, he's definitely up there. When he's able to freelance, he could do amazing things. I'll, I'll worry about his late season performance. They, the Cardinals always seem to fall off of, off the cliff last half of the year. Now, I do want to give a lot of that to Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff, I think, was a, a bad head coach. I didn't like the hire when it was first made. It made no sense to me. So I do think he maybe got a, kind of a bad rap in that situation where Kyle mm-hmm. is probably not as bad as some of the big haters say he actually is. But the roster is not great. You're going to lose D-Hop. The Cardinals have never been a historically great franchise, a, a franchise that's willing to spend a lot of money. They don't have the best ownership. And that matters. That The the Colts, the Ursays, they have good ownership. They, they're willing to spend. This is what they're known for. You're in a very weak division uh, in the, the AFC South if you go to Indy because your best your biggest threat is Jacksonville, who's been unbelievably uh, unreliable as a franchise in their existence. And Tennessee's on the downhill. Houston, they're, they're starting to rebuild. Neither job is great. I'm going to take a team that has some good pieces, a good O-line. And for me, the big thing I can bank on is I'm drafting a quarterback that I want for my future. If I'm a, a coordinator and I want to go with Kyler Murray, then sure, I that that sounds great. But for me, I just think Indy's a safer bet. Um, so I'm gonna go with different. So y'all both picked the Colts, right? Um, I, so. I I picked I picked uh, I have a little bit of like favoritism, so I said both jobs are pretty interesting. But like I I have a, I have a belief that if you put the right coach and get the right mindset for Kyler Murray, that like he can do some great things there. So I I'd probably be a little favoritism uh, towards the Cardinals. Oh, I think you're muted, Jake. Oh, thanks. I'll just say that um, with with Kyler getting a new head coach, with Cliff gone, he's going to be way better next year, 100%. Yeah, yeah I was going to go that route. Especially um, especially if you can get the right mindset. Yeah, I was going to go the Andona route um, just because, like, I mean, yes, Greg Jackson, being a coach and Jackson, that your next generation or your next QB for years to come, I mean, normally teams have, have an established veteran quarterback to, like, had them under their wing, like you know, for instance, like they would have a Jimmy G, he would help them, you know, a rookie out, you know. But now you're kind of trying to mold this QB, like kind of like by yourself. Whereas you kind of like Jake and Dylan said that Collar is an all kind of like you can give kind of like not all the blame to Cliff, but some kind of goes both ways. But Cliff was a brave and white collar, really wasn't as 
good as he can be. And Kyler is even, I don't think he's even past his promise. So like, like Dylan said, with a great coach and a right, you know, mindset and a right office. I'm not sure who their OC is or what player is, but I don't think they probably even nobody. have one. They probably um, don't. I imagine they, they cleared house. Yeah, they bring if they bring someone in. Um, and Kyler is not really a bad quarterback. It's just like he needs the right, you know, team around him. Um, but like Jake said, that kind of that video game clause in his contract kind of seemed like okay, this dude is like not focused or whatever. Um, and I get players play on their downtime, but I mean, when you have a something in your contract where you have to study film, like if you're a seasoned quarterback, you shouldn't have to study film, like unless you're like a rookie or whatever. Or like you're like on the bench running the playbook, um, but uh, I don't know. I feel like I have to take the Arizona Cardinals job because I, obviously I have Kyler Murray. I, I can get some receivers if they're willing to spend maybe one because AD Green retired. He's not really you know, yeah. he's in his passive prime. So yeah, um, like you said, D Hop is a free agent. Um, he's not a free agent, but uh, or they're going to play him. Yeah. He, he yeah he wants out, so it's like how are you going to keep him and then. Um, and then, yeah, so, uh, but then again, it, it feels good to restart and have like a, a QB that you can, I mean, they could, I think they have the number two pick, right? Um, in the draft or number three. Who, the Cardinals? They have three. No, no, the Colts. Oh, the Colts? They, got, they have um, four. So, but who's their, what's their first pick though? What's after? I know, what's the first? Oh, I'll pick four. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think they have four picks. I'm like, no, they pick four. Oh, pick yeah. four. So I mean, they can either they can maybe get a Bryce Young or or um, CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud. Um, so yeah, I mean, they. But it's just that like I want to if I'm a coordinator or a coach, I want to make sure that I have like a a, a veteran kind of like even though Kyle's not really he's been there, but more like a QB who can like train someone and like, you know, mentor yeah, an established, established. And Colts don't have that. They don't have any quarterback right there. Right. So it's like, yeah. um, boy, don't they have Nick Foles or he's a free agent. Okay. I'm just saying, like you said, they didn't have when, the when have you heard, when you have you name a quarterback from the Nick Foles veteran leadership. Like, I'm sorry. No one's falling off. No, I'm range. just saying like, do they have, do, do, don't have no quarterback in that quarterback room. Uh, I guess they have, I don't think Matt Ryan's technically a free agent. He'll probably be yeah. the backup there. Sam Ellinger. Ooh. Yeah. So it's not I guess, a I, in a sense, like I don't, I guess I don't want to hate on Matt Ryan too much. He's not the quarterback for the Colts, but I guess if you had Matt Ryan in your room, that's not a horrible quarterback yeah. to learn under by any yeah. means. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Dylan. Like it's just about what you, what that corner wants to do and like, does he want to rebuild with a new quarterback and start fresh? Because they're not probably going to win, like, or get to the playoffs is like right out the first year, unless he's just spectacular. Um, it's going to take time to build a quarterback up. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I mean, both both jobs are kind of ugly <laughs> because, I mean, Kyler Murray has his issues, and but then again, it wasn't really all his fault. Um, and plus, he's short and. Like, we all knew that that was the issue coming into the draft, but uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, look at Kenny Pickett. I think he's short and he's he's doing his thing in Pittsburgh. So it's like, and he has small hands, so he can. Do... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah, but... Oh man, <laughs> they want to make a joke, but he has small hands, where... man. Like <laughs> the only position where they actually talk about hand size is quarterback. Yeah, so like it, it matters. It is... Yeah, I, I I mean, it's it's so dumb when you hear that, but. 
For me, I would take the Cardinals job only because I I couldn't work for Ursay. That guy has oh, you know rubbed me the wrong way for years, and he's just a weird guy. And if I'm a potential coach, the fact that he went through that clown show with Jeff Saturday last year, I'd be like, nah. I'm good. And he's still a kid. And he's still a candidate. Yeah. He went one and seven and he got a second interview in this process. Like he's this good coach. And yeah, I, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't deal with him. And not to say Bidwell out in Arizona is any better, but I'd rather deal with him than Ursay because Ursay wants to be Jerry Jones. He wants to be, you know, meddling and everything. And I, I couldn't handle that. So I would take the Arizona job even with, Kyler Murray's shortcomings, whether it's uh, maturity or professionalism or whatever you want to pin it as, I feel like that's stuff you could fix with the right mentality going in. And, you know, maybe he looked at Kingsbury as, you know, his boy and, you know, I could do whatever. Kingsbury's got my back. But now with Kingsbury gone, maybe he changes. And it's not going to, it's not going to help with Hopkins wanting out. I do wonder if they hired the right guy. Would Hopkins maybe backtrack on that and actually want to stay? I don't know, but I would take the Arizona job easily. Do we have any like quick predictions we have for each person or a coach we would like to see in each spot? Because uh, for me, I'll start with the Cardinals. I'm pretty sure they didn't interview this dude. I know the Colts did, but uh, Eric Bieniemy, you know, someone who's worked with a Patrick Mahomes, someone who's a a, a, a diverse quarterback, someone who can go in there and make an offense built around a quarterback who can move, who can kind of throw the ball a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. someone who's worked with a quarterback with a big personality, like I'd say Patrick Mahomes has, you know, or has made for himself. I feel like, you know, you could create something interesting there. I feel like, I feel like I'd be, I have a good hire. And then on the Colts end, uh, anyone not named Jeff Saturday? Um <laughs> Uh, I like uh, the OC. I'm trying to think the OC of the Shane Steichen, OC mm-hmm. of the Eagles. I think Shane Steichen would be a great hire there, um, especially with a young quarterback. You know, getting a good offensive guru like that, someone who we obviously saw the strides he made with Philadelphia, um, made him to a great team. Now, giving him a rookie quarterback to kind of mold and make his own offense around can be fairly enticing for the Colts as well. I know we probably won't see any of those interviews happen or anything happen with them until after, you know, the Super Bowl, respectfully. Mm-hmm. And that, I know teams like to wait. I know coaches like to wait until afterwards, respectfully as well, too. Um, we'll see. I, I hope they wait. I, I don't get why a lot of teams don't wait until the Super Bowl teams are done. Cause it's like, why don't you want the, the coordinators and stuff from the teams that just went to the Super Bowl? I don't know. I'd wait. Well, I think part of it is, with like senior bowl and shrine bowl and all that, some teams want to like have coaching staffs in place if they need one. That way, if they send them down there, you know, at least they have somebody representing them. Cause if you don't have that coach in place, you, what are you sending down to mobile Alabama or what was the other game in Vegas or whatever. So I think that's why a lot of teams jump at it, but I agree, you know, usually you want to pluck from, Super Bowl staffs, and then you have Andy Reid, who who wouldn't want to have a coach from his tree. Now Sirianni's new to all of this, so we don't really know what kind of tree he could possibly have under him. But Shane Steichen seems like a guy who's quickly becoming a rock star amongst coordinators. So mm-hmm. maybe that's what these two jobs, maybe that's what they're looking for. Whoever wins this one, 
whichever is the top coordinator, they're probably going to jump at first, and maybe the other team gets the enemy. The enemy or... doesn't get a job. That's just wild. Uh, well, I, I mean, wouldn't be surprised. If interviewed in Indy, he probably should get it after the Super Bowl. You would think that he would. Get in there? But the Colts do dumb things like hire exactly. an analyst for a coach, and the enemy is the clear. Yeah, <laughs> that, what's that's even worse. They just hired him, and Bianami is the clear like he should be a head coach somewhere. He, uh, I know there's rumors that he doesn't interview well, but yeah. like you see what he does on the field. I'm not going to put it past the Colts to just make a dumb decision because yeah. Jim Mersey, like that's a great point that you made, Kyle. Where it's like he's like a uh, Jerry Jones wannabe, Jerry Jones Jr., and he wants to make it about himself. I'm sure he he. Love the ego and attention it got when he hired Jeff Saturday, even though it failed spectacularly yeah. for him. Absolutely. All right. Well, I mean, we'll kind of get onto the field now with it being the Super Bowl. And I guess the first question I have about it, you know, we have the Chiefs versus the Eagles. Uh, they were both number one seeds. So, you know, a lot of times we don't get that matchup. I think it's interesting, you know, well, it's going to make history with Hertz versus Mahomes, two African-American quarterbacks, which it was like only a few years ago, we had the Super Bowl with the African-American coaches. So history being made again, but looking at these two teams, I guess, who's the one player outside of Mahomes and Hertz, obviously, that you see having the biggest impact on the outcome of this game? I mean, that's the most. I mean, I think it's. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say it has to be. I'm gonna just say the position. So running back. Um, these are teams that are pretty pass happy teams. Um, the Eagles can pass the ball and air it out to their receivers, tight ends, um, even their running backs. Same goes for the Chiefs. Um, the biggest thing is, is both these teams have very. I wouldn't say questionable, at least on the Eagles side, but very. They have very. Hit and miss running games, I would say. Sometimes the Eagles have to rely on Jalen Hurts being that main rusher because they can't get Sanders going. They can't get Gainwell going. And then on the flip of that, sometimes Hurts has no like appearance in the rushing game at all, and Sanders has to take over, or Gainwell has to take over. And then on the Chiefs' side, it's kind of been a just really kind of a carousel of running backs until just recently, and Isaac uh isaiah pacheco's been the one to kind of like step up and take over and kind of been that back there um it, i think it has to be the running backs you know of course these teams are going to pass they're going to pass all day that's kind of their mo is just pass the ball for both sides especially but um the running backs are going to be playing a big part to this game um whoever has the best rushing offense is probably going to be the one controlling the ball the most um and you're going to want to do that against I mean, I would say for both teams, you want to keep each other's offense off the field the longest. And how are you going to do that? By having long, successful drives. And who's going to run the ball better, I think, is really going to be the separator in that. Yeah, I'm going to go with um, this a few points. So, well, one, um, the point I'm going to make, my first point is the defense, who can create the most turnovers. Um, another point uh, um, on the field will be the receivers. I know um, the Chiefs receivers are banged up. So can those receivers on that side step up? Uh, I know, I know, like um, Anthony said on my show, MVS is a it's a cool name, but I mean, can he uh, can he you know step up to the plate when you know in a big game like that? And then also the tight ends. Um, I think I got uh, Dallas Goddard and and Kelsey. Um, and it comes down to the Chiefs' O line too, because still, I mean, Mahomes. I'm not sure. 
I haven't read any reports saying how healthy he is with the high equity sprain. If he's recovered, he's or... it's Super Bowl weekend, bro. Yeah. Um, and just we're, uh, we're pump some adrenaline in that ankle. I mean, I mean, I still feel like the O line still still has a big game for him uh, to, to protect him mm-hmm. um, from reaggravating the ankle because you can still reaggravate the ankle. Uh, so sure. um, I can bait. So I kind of three points of key key three emphasis: the the defense if they can eat, turnover battle. Um, receivers, I mean, basically all the receivers on Eagles are healthy. Got uh, Devontae Smith, they got uh, AJ Brown, um, so they're all healthy. Um, and then the tight ends, I mean, I think Kelsey, I mean, I think he's gonna have to have the bigger game, but I, I, I don't really know much about Goddard coming out with Eagles. I don't really follow Goddard like that, but uh, I know he's a big tight end for them, so um, yeah, I mean, I think it's gonna be. It's gonna be a good game. It's gonna be a good game. For, I'll, I'll keep it simple. For me, um, it's not necessarily one one player. I'll just say position. It's whichever offensive line produces better, protects a quarterback better, is gonna win the game. Yeah, it's to me that's real, real simple in that aspect. The uh, Eagles and the Chiefs are the number one and number two sack teams. The Eagles had the most sacks. Chiefs were second. That's gonna be a big part of the game and which team is gonna be able to protect the quarterback. Both quarterbacks are a little nicked. We have the high ankle sprain for Mahomes, the shoulder injury for Jalen Hurts. Hurts didn't look great in the NFC Championship game. He didn't throw mm-hmm. the ball. And, like, the Eagles, they didn't need him to throw the ball. So I'm not, like, trying to trash on his play or trash the Eagles. But he didn't look like the Jalen Hurts we saw earlier in the year. It's which team's going to keep their quarterback up right, which which offensive line is going to protect their quarterbacks so they can make their progressions and run their offense. And that's going to be the, the winner, all the, everything else, you know, the running game tight ends, all it's, it's great. But for me, it's the, the offensive line uh, is whichever one protects is going to be the winner and hosting that Lombardi trophy. Yeah. Well, kind of to piggyback off of all that, I'm looking at Chris Jones for the, for the chiefs and Hassan Reddick, who had a really good NFC oh, championship yeah. game. So he for the Eagles, I feel like those two spotlights going to be on them because it's going to be Reddick who's going to have to get Mahomes off of his spot because if he has if the high ankle sprain is even bothering him a little bit, if it's to a situation where he can't just drop back three step five step, plant the foot and push off, he has to like hold the ball and dance around a little bit. I think that could work in the Phillies' favor, and then the same thing with Chris Jones if he can. Get a couple of hits on Hurts. Maybe the shoulder feels a little bit iffy after that, and maybe that's where the game could turn on its head. So I'm looking at those two guys on the D-line as the keys to this game. All right, so moving to the next one. I guess with all that out of the way, we'll go with the prediction. Who do you have winning? And then I guess out of the keys we brought up, what key do you think leads to that team winning? And if you want to throw out a score or a spread, go ahead as well. Uh, we we'll start with Jake on this one. Sure. Um, so I think I think Philly's going to win it. I think when I when I've watched the Eagles this this playoff run, they've seen more dominant. Now I know that they played the Giants, and the Giants really as great as the world to say were coached. They were just outmanned, and then the 49ers, they just ran out of court. They literally ran out of people to play. So it's. <laughs> It's kind of hard to be like, well, if you look dominant, well, any team's going to look dominant if you're not going to be able to throw the ball. But the way that Philly's defensive line 
was able to overwhelm the San Francisco offensive line, which is a fantastic offensive line. Yeah. Just gives me a lot of uh, flashbacks to the Tampa Bay, Kansas city Chiefs super bowl from a couple years ago where Tampa Bay's defense was so great. So elite that, and Patrick Mahomes had a terrible stat line, but you were so impressed with how he was able to make so much magic happen, but they got blown out. Like there was, that game was ugly for the chiefs. I think I don't, it's not going to be that bad. I don't, because the chiefs offensive line is significantly better, but I think it's going to be something along those lines where the, the, the Eagles defensive line is going to blow some plays up. They're going to have some hits on Mahomes. They're going to cause some cause more chaos than the chiefs are. And I think it's going to be, I don't know about a final score, but I think the Eagles are going to win by like seven points. It's not going to be a blowout, but it's not going to be a four point game. I think it'll be something if I were to pull out, it'd be like 31, 24, something like that. Okay. Uh, Dylan. Yeah. um, I'm going with the Eagles on this one. Um, Obviously. Uh, the script was showed to us. The Eagles were winning anyways. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, no, I'm uh, I'm picking the Eagles on this one. Um, the Eagles were uh, have been a very interesting team for me this whole season. Um, big Jalen Hurts supporter, big OU guy. So I've been supporting Jalen Hurts this whole time. I was excited when the Eagles spent a second round pick on him. I was like, just wait and see. Like he's going to be that dude for you guy. And seeing him in the Super Bowl, it's kind of like told you. And it's it's good. I, I think this Eagles team has, and this goes speaks for Jalen Hurts as well, has just progressed. Like, you know, we've had our question marks about him. We had our question marks. Was he the starting quarterback? And all he has done is just kind of just made us be quiet. You know, we're not questioning him anymore being that starting quarterback, being that franchise guy. It's kind of like this is his team, and he's proved it all to us. This Eagles team has progressed miles above any team we've seen probably as of late, you know, who had them as your Super Bowl team at the start of the season. Not a lot of people did. Everyone thought they were going to be a good team and maybe win this conference, maybe be a wild card team, you know, but Super Bowl was kind of really out there, except for like maybe the diehard Eagles fans were the ones predicting them to go. So um, to start, I mean, this offense is really good. It's crazy to think the Chiefs X factor usually have been, they've had this offense that no one can compete with. And it's now, they still have an offense, but teams can compete and, you know, post up the same production that this Chiefs team can be. And then it's like, okay, let's go to the defensive side. Who has a better secondary? I'd probably argue it's Philadelphia. Who has a better D-line? It's very questionable. Hassan Reddick's a good edge. Devon Hargrave's a good D-tackle. So is Chris Jones. We could toss that up. And it's like, we get to the linebackers. It's probably the Eagles. And it's like when we break it all down, it's like this Eagles team is a way better team. They're performing great. Um, You know, you would say they had an easier path to the playoffs. That's not their fault. You know, they don't get to make their schedules. They don't get to pick who gets into the playoffs. They don't get to pick who their other teams beat. So with that being said, this Eagles team just on paper has been just way way more well-rounded, has been way better. It's just really hard to pick against them. Um, Yeah, I have to go to the Eagles on this one. Um, If I had to give it a score prediction, I'd probably say, you know, I think I think this is going to be a rougher game for the Chiefs. I feel like uh, people are discrediting the Eagles a little bit. I think the Chiefs lose by 10. You know, if I had to give a final score prediction, I'd probably say 34-24, 38-28. Um, it's going to definitely be a scoring type of game. Both these teams are way better offensive teams than defensive teams. But, of course, you know, the defense is going to be a key factor as well. Um. I think I'm going to go a different route. I think I'm going to go to the Chiefs because I think that Kelsey is going to have one of the most biggest games of his life. Just the fact that, you know, the receivers are kind of like weak because they're injury. And Kelsey, he's, I think he's all healthy. I think he had back spasms, I think, during the eight uh, conference or the conference game, I think he had some back spasms. But I think he's 
he had like a couple weeks to recover. So, um, but but like I said, if it's gonna come down to the like who can who wins the turnover battle. Um, and I mean, I I heard that McKinnon is gonna be back uh, for the running back. So Macheco and McKinnon are gonna have to split those those carries, but. They better oh. not split those carries. But Pacheco, I mean, might. If Pacheco don't get most of those carries, they're doing something wrong. Well, Andy Reid like, Reed and his running backs, you never know what you're going to get but, as far as yeah. the, the gameplay goes. All the way back to Philly, even. Yeah. Yeah, so um, so my follow score prediction is going to be um, it's going to be 30 Chiefs, 24 uh, Eagles. It's a good score. Okay. It's up I'm to Kyle. Eagles. I'm I'm with the Eagles in this one. I think the fact that the the Chiefs are so depleted at the wide receiver position, even though uh, Valdez Scanling had a pretty good game, I've heard. I, mean, I heard Juju Smith talking about the best cheesesteaks aren't in Philly; they're outside of Philly. So I guess he plans on having a big game if you're going to talk about Philly cheesesteaks like that. But oh god, I would put my trust in the secondary of the Eagles being able to shut them down. And with Kelsey, Kelsey's going to get his catches. I mean, you can game plan to stop him, but he'll find ways to get open. What you have to do is make sure he doesn't get yards after the catch. Because that's where he'll kill That's the biggest thing with him. Like, if he can get a catch for five yards and you tackle him, that's one thing. But if if he gets a catch for five yards and breaks it for 25, then you're you're struggling. then, then Then you're in trouble. So I think the Eagles will be able to kind of corral uh, Kelsey. Now it's just going to be, can they get pressure on Patrick Mahomes and maybe force a turnover and maybe force Andy Reid to maybe rely on that running game more than he may want to. Right. But I think the Eagles win this one and I would probably go with I'm going to go 26-20 the Eagles win it. Because I, I do see the Eagles having some success running the ball whether it's Hertz on RPO or just strictly flip-flopping Sanders and Gainwell because they had really good games against uh, the Niners. So I think they're going to try to keep going with that philosophy. One, to keep Mahomes on the sideline as long as you can. And two, just to, I guess, give that physical element that Philly's been playing with these playoffs. And I think they're going to want to go into Kansas City, I mean, up against Kansas City, and try to beat them up a little bit. Yeah. So I think they're already beaten up. Why not do it more? It's like, you guys are always, you guys are struggling. You guys aren't a hundred percent. Like we're more healthier than you guys are right now. And that's kind that was kind of a big thing for the Eagles. We were kind of like, man, this team isn't really healthy right now. Are they going to be healthy with the playoff run? And now that they're healthy and it's kind of like, Hey, like we're good to go. We're like, we're, we're good to go. Everyone's good. Like we're going to beat you up now. And I, I agree with that. Like that's all they've been doing this playoffs is like just rushing people yeah. and just making your whole team tired and then just hey we still have other people who can run jalen hurts you see that dude throwing the ball he can also run for 100 on you if we wanted him to mm. yeah i mean it's 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 gonna be a good game um i think it probably went back to that question i think it was gene's question or on the chief seats about what was the entertaining most entertaining super bowl or, and it might be your question, Kyle, on the cheat seats. Um, mm-hmm. This this might be the most entertaining Super Bowl because obviously two, two on two, paper definitely for a two while. entertaining this... QBs. Um, but now, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if we have any more to talk about. But I mean, we have some history. I mean, first brothers playing Super Bowl, 
And first, black QBs playing the Super Bowl, starting QBs, so that's pretty, pretty big. And it's the Andy Reid Bowl. Yeah. If I don't see and, Jason Kelsey get a fullback dive this game for a touchdown, I'm gonna be upset. I need <laughs> to see that man spike the. T- I need. To, I just need to see that man spike the ball, get him a touchdown. And yeah. and like Cool McCain said, I don't want to hear that half black Mahomes. He is black. His dad makes up the other black half of him. So <laughs> yeah. no, but it, it's pretty big. I mean, two starting quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but one downside is. Jackson Mahomes. He's back uh, in he's the white. Spotlight. He's white. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, yeah. if the Chiefs win it, I feel like he's going to try to oh, he's gonna, like all the gonna, celebrity he can out of it. Uh, it's gonna he's going to so make TikToks. Annoying. I don't see how Mahomes, like, deals with Pedro on daily basis. Or, it's his brother at the yeah, end of the day. Brother. It's one of those well, things. I know, it's but like, like, I know, but it's like, uh Man, if if I was in that situation and that's how my brother was, it would kind of be one of those situations like, man, at least you're not ruining my career. It's not like he's going off and like right. slandering his name or doing anything that, like that's that. Fair. It's just, he own, he's, just, like, he's just doing his own stuff. And just because he's associated to Patrick Mahomes, he, that's I got to do my research. Didn't he do some, I don't think he dragged his name, but didn't he do something like his first? He he, he had an issue something. with the Sean Taylor memorial. Um, that, I guess there was a miscommunication, and he did a TikTok on it, and he was told he was supposed to stand there, and it was on like the memorial yeah, for Sean Taylor, and yeah, everyone that's was, was kind of like, that's, to be that's, fair, that's, that's, that whole thing, that. that whole Sean Taylor, someone who the Washington football team is in my market or Commanders now, that whole thing was just a giant debacle. It was embarrassing, and I'm not even a Washington fan. It was embarrassing. It was terrible. That, but but that, that's just that's the, the whole Washington franchise. For that, that's why wa- that's more Washington than than Mahomes' brother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I did have one last thing, I guess, to kind of end the show off. Mm-hmm. And this is big deal for most Super Bowl people. The good old prop bets. Oh, I can't oh. oh, you can't see that? Oh, I, oh, I, just, I can't. It's kind of small. I, I, I just I just maximize the screen. Okay. Oh yeah, I didn't make my. Oh, there you go. There okay, you there you go. All right. So, oh looking my at God. these, we can talk about a few of them. Okay, you know, the list, gonna, the, this is gonna be fun. There's yeah, some good ones here. I like that. I mean, the national anthem one is one that everybody always talks about. I think it's Chris Stapleton who's doing mm-hmm. it this year. So, I mean, one twenty-one and a half. You're looking at a little over two minutes. How how did you see that one over or under? I mean, how long is that for anthem? It's like a minute or two. Hey, no, I, I, I'm taking the, singer, the over. They'll drag it out as long as yeah, they man, can. Yeah, man, I gotta I'm, take the over. It's the national the anthem. <laughs> they're they're gonna be dragging out in the it, home of the Braves, yeah, the it's fireworks. Not, it's not only the national anthem; it's a national anthem on literally the biggest stage in the world. You're going to get the big drawn out emotions. You're gonna get, like you said, on the home of the Brave. There's gonna be like a two second pause, pyro. I mean, I, I'm taking the over. I don't bet. I don't gamble. I'm too cheap, mm-hmm. but I, I take the over easy. Yeah, I'm taking the over. All right. First offensive play, a run or a pass? Uh, the, uh, I was going to say whether the coin toss. Man, it, it, depends, it depends who gets the ball. If it's Kansas okay. City, I'm taking pass. If it's Philly, like I'm taking curl. run. Oh, uh, yeah. If it's if it's Kansas City, I could see them running like a six yard curl route to somebody like yep. right away. But if it's yep. Philadelphia, I could see them handing off the ball or running like an RPO with Jalen Hurts right away. I'm, I'm going to say take run pass. I, I, I only take pass. I don't feel I'm going to take I'm going to take run. I feel I would I, I'd be 
more willing to bet that Kansas City would run the ball first over Philadelphia pass the ball first as their first play. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Who scores first? I think who gets the ball first. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. I'm going to say Kansas City. I'm going to say they're going to kick things off with a field goal. Yep. I, I think Kansas City, Andy Reid is really good. I mean, he's a great coach. Don't get me wrong. But he's very toss. good at those, those first 15 plays. He's always at his best. It's usually the second half where he starts to unravel, and I'm going to take the Chiefs probably for a field goal. They're probably going to look really good, and the red zone thing is going to tighten up. And uh, team will score first. I think Receivers the Eagles are going to get it. I think Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts is going to throw a bomb to freaking uh, AJ Brown or uh, uh, Devontae Smith. Not a bomb touchdown, but I'm playing like you know a couple of drives where you know just like in the San Francisco game, he had that long that long pass, which was was a catch, I guess. Um, so yeah, so we'll see. All right, uh, let's see the next good one. I want to see. Oh, the All first right, well, turn. I think it'll be turn and run down. Is the first one. Really, really. It depends mm. if 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 there's better odds on the the turnover on downs. I might go for it because Philly goes for it on fourth down a ton, but they also convert a ton. Mm-hmm. If I'm getting really good odds, if I'm looking at this, here I'm talking like as someone who gambles and I never freaking gamble. If I'm looking for <laughs> Or good odds on my money, then I would probably lean towards that. But if these are all even odds, I'm probably taking uh probably gonna take an interception. Now that I think about it, it is the Super Bowl. It's not like we're playing week seven against the Colts. It's like this is the Super Bowl. If you get to like the 40, like more teams are gonna be like, Why I don't really want to punt it here. Like if you're on the 40 and it's fourth and second, I could see a team going for it, no problem. Okay. Yeah, I'd probably lean towards interception. Yeah, I would lean towards uh, wh- interception. I would take it because it's going to probably be a pretty good passing type of game. I'd lean towards that, but turnover on downs. I would. I think fumbles the least amount, in my opinion. Yeah, fumbles question, are so weird with um, me. My, my one question is, should back that up. Um, who who throws the pick? Or who throws uh, it? Uh, man, I would say I would say I would say Patrick Mahomes is throwing a straight laser to Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Yeah, yeah, my guess. The the thing really isn't so much a knock on Mahomes compared to Hurts is the fact that Philly's secondary is it's just scary. Mm-hmm. I hate Gardner Johnson that the Saints my team gave him away for literally nothing. I, I it infuriates me. You got Darius Slay. It's more a knock. It's more a prop to how good Philly's secondary is than Mahomes. Who's just going to make an errant pass? I'm not trying to knock him or anything. Yeah, it's legit. like it's like I can think of so many people on that Philadelphia defense who could get that pick, and then when I go to the Kansas City side, it's like I can think of some players, but like there's you more. Know, you got to you got to get to a point. You got to get to a point where you're like, uh, where did this two play out again? Like type of thing. More notable names. Yeah. Will either team score during the last two minutes of the first half? Yes. I say no. yes. yes. If, if yeah. this seeing that on here, this might actually break my streak of not betting because someone is scoring the last two. There's a field goal happening the last two minutes. These two teams with their offenses and their coaches are too smart and too, undi- and too disciplined to not get a point the last little bit in the game. There's no way we end. There's no scoring last yeah, five minutes of half. No way. These questions are funny as hell, man. These questions. Oh, um, get you back in here. Okay. What um, song will be performed? Yeah, what song will be performed? I think it's going to be What's My Name. First. Either Umbrella or What's My Name. Like, oh, nah, nah, What's My Name. That's a popular song by Rihanna. Like, uh, 
or or under my uh, it's gonna be either of those two. I think no, umbrella you know might be later. Every like umbrella is a good song, every, but I think it's gonna build in later yeah. to get every the crowd I, reinvigorated. Every time I see these songs, like we found love, and uh, I mean they're they're all popular songs, so it's like oh, it's hard. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say other. I think it's not even one of those songs. That's probably the smart bet. Take the field. I yeah. mean, I might. Like what's that song where it's like you needed me? She might do that one. Maybe I don't know. I don't listen to enough Rihanna to know all of her uh, her (laughs) musical library. I'll be completely honest. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, hey, I don't know, man. I don't know. What is the first song performed at the halftime show? Hmm. Rihanna's Rihanna's the one doing the halftime show. What are the lists? Umbrella. We found oh, I, oh man, where have you been? Uh, I feel like I feel like Umbrella would be a closer though. Yeah, that's kind of what we were saying. Like that one's going to be later in the yeah, show. Yeah, I said what's my name for the first one for opener. That would take another. That would be the good. I feel like I feel like you hear the startup beat to that and like all the beat playing in the background. I that's a good one. I think it might be ASAP Rocky. Oh yeah, that'd be a good one. That's for men, so why not? That might be well. I mean, this one's just asking yes or no, so definitely somebody's gonna come. Well, yes, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Maybe would ASAP Rocky be too obvious? Could it be? Does like it matter? A, he, pfft, don't matter I if mean, it's obvious. Seen, it's still ASAP Rocky at the end of the day. I mean, who else does he associate with? I mean, uh, there's there's tons of people. Yeah, uh, there'll be legends out there, Drake. you know. <laughs> you know where Drake, she's done Eminem. Ti thinking it's in Arizona. It's in Arizona, so I'm thinking of is any big legends that might be in Arizona. There might be someone who comes out if there's like an R&B legend from Arizona or something like that. You never never know. They always always have to do something big. You know, it's not going to just be one person doing the halftime show. There's going to be other people performing. How long would that happen for? Like 30 minutes? How many songs we play during that? Man, I'd take the under nine. I'm taking under. Performs, I'm taking under. Who, who performs nine songs at a halftime show? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think they're not going to be the whole songs either. Is a big deal. Yeah. Like they're not going to play the whole song. But I, I think it's going to be under nine and a half. I think it's going to be. Mary J. Blige, her, her halftime show with, with Snoop Dogg and last night was like short, shorter than what I expected it to be. So yeah, I'm yeah, taking under on that one. Nine and a half is crazy. Yeah, nine and a half is way too high. Uh, who will have more passing yards, Mahomes? I mean, if you want to throw other, I'm going to say Mahomes. That's pretty bold. Total yards, different distribution. <laughs> <laughs> Who the backup? Give for, me uh, don't give me uh, another option and get upset when I press other. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the other quarterback for um for for Chad Henney? Oh man, yeah, Chad oh, Henney and and yeah, Gardner yeah. Minshew. If it came down to that. Whew. That, that a lot oh, of people would be mad talk about that. a letdown of a Super Bowl. Yeah, I know. It's like it's like, it's like first drive, Mahomes injures his ankle. First drive for the Eagles, Hurts injures his shoulder, and it's like, well, Chad Henney, Gardner Minshew, get ready. Man, there's a lot of these, man. <laughs> this is what you paid for, box office. Who <laughs> <laughs> uh, have the most? Yeah, oh, most rushing man. yards. Sanders. I think Sanders I think is gonna have a big game. I, I think it's gonna be Kenneth Gainwell. I feel like I, was you know, that. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Gainwell's one of those, he's one of those type of bit like I like Memphis running backs a lot. So you got your Daryl Henderson's, Antonio Gibson's, um, you your Kenneth Gainwell. So I pay a lot of attention to Memphis running backs and like man, Gainwell's one of those type of dudes like 
he's one of those guys if you get him into the moment like he runs angry and i think he's gonna run angry this game like he's gonna like this whole team is i think gonna be like juiced up like they're excited you know remember the old philadelphia sorry not to bring this up kyle but like the underdogs like man mm-hmm. that, that, that team was just they, they, they run energized and i feel like we saw it in the super bowl again and i could see them run energized again i think getting was just gonna run angry Sanders is more of a shiftier back, so that's yes. why I say it the sure. other way around. Yep. All right. We like I said, we're not gonna go through all of them, but I want to do color of the liquid poured <laughs> on the winning head coach. I think this one's like the most popular prop. Bet and and it's been year. that way forever. It's been that way yeah. forever. If it's the Chiefs, it's red. I I feel like the teams always want to try to like kind of go near their colors a little bit because so it, it gonna just be looks like, like or, it looks nicer. Red or lime? Is it gonna be yeah, one red of those? or lime? Red. I'm gonna I'm go gonna on go. a. I'm gonna say orange. I just feel like orange is gonna win it. For well, I, I guess orange reason. is classic. Orange saying, is a classic. I'm classic. Saying, classic Gatorade color, right? I'm saying either um, clear water. Oh, oh, okay. I thought that was like the color of the flavor of the gear. Um, <laughs> lime green. I might go lime green or red or orange, but I have to pick either. One. You gotta pick one. You can't. Yeah. You can't pick two ones on bets, man. Man, I gotta go oh, orange. Dude. You you convinced me on the orange. It's a classic <laughs> flavor. It's a classic Gatorade flavor. You know that and lemon lime. But like, man, I feel like orange is gonna be one of those ones that more people would probably like too sure. over see, lemon lime. See, Dylan knows. He's a Mountain Dew expert, so he knows. What oh man, I know my drinks. I know my drinks. <laughs> He's drinking, what is that? Like a twisted tea right there? You drinking? No, I'm not old enough. Got like. How many more days? 11? 11 days till I can uh, do that legally. <laughs> I'm going to throw blue out there. Just Okay, that's just good. I was, yeah, I, was, I was thinking blue as well. but Man, I because th- I think about it because it's like, man, they don't get like Gatorades from the store. Like I'm thinking like they get the generic, like the the, the, the flavors that have three or four flavors in the powder. So I'm thinking yep. of what's what can you make in that powder? And I know you can make lemon lime. I know you can make orange. And I know you can make fruit punch. And if the Eagles win, I'm taking out fruit punch because they're not pouring no <laughs> Gatorade red. on their coach. How did teams? How did teams like? How do they like? It's like a big gallon. Like how do they? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a so, mix. So basically, yep, it's a big yep. mix. It's, it's you a big mix. put it. Yep. They don't get it from the store. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can buy them at the store. They have these oh, big yeah. tubs and I sell them powder. At my work. You dump it in. You pour your water. Slosh it around and yep. yeah, I, I sell them at my work. Is it cold? Is it like a cold? Is like room temperature? Yeah, you can get it put it in like a cold. Oh yeah, cold jug. Cold water. Yeah. Yep. Put like, cold water in. Man, people use usually use hose water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ain't gonna kill uh, you. You'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Don't <laughs> care. Uh, Minerals so combined, make you stronger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> combined points over under set at forty nine and a half. I think it's gonna be over. Gonna go over. Well, based on my prediction, I'm gonna say gonna under. under. I'm gonna go under. I'll I'll be I'm the the, the different 30, one 20, here. Mine was thirty twenty four, right? My score thirty twenty four. So yeah, so you're over. Yeah, I'm over. I think I would be over, but I'm just gonna say I think this game could get ugly. I just feel like picking under. Why not? Yeah. A lot of unders hit on these things for bets. When people bet, unders hit more than overs. But 49, that's that's a tricky number. Mm -hmm. And it's 49 with with two prolific offensive teams whose best player is arguably their quarterback. At least their most important player is arguably their quarterback. Man, that's that's rough. Especially when you're, you're, especially when it's Andy Reid. It's like, man, that dude likes scoring points. He sure does. But I'm with Jake. I'm taking the under. Then the last one's probably the biggest one. MVP winner. Jalen Hurts. The winning quarterback. I picked the Eagles to win. <laughs> you know, that would I wouldn't 
if it's an I'll say this, if it's an ugly game, if it's an under and the final score is something like 17-12, 17-13, it could easily be Reddick where he just blows it up and has like four sacks. Yeah. I, I could see him doing that. I don't know, man. I, this is always something I will say. Arizona underutilized Hassan Reddick, and I said that from the start. And now that he's blowing up with Philadelphia, I'm I'm 100% fine with him. 100% fine with him winning it. I think he's going to have a big game. Put me down for three sacks and a force fumbled. Maybe he gets a pick in there, too. I think he's going to have a great game. And he's it's been a while win. since we saw a defensive player win. He's going to be a household name after this week. Whether the Eagles yeah, win or lose, should. everybody's going to know because everyone's he should already be. I agree with you. But the common fan is going to know, just like how other big-name defenders like TJ Watt, they're going to know this dude and be like, oh, that's one bad, that's one bad dude. Uh, would I be mad if I pick not Mahomes or Hurts or Eric? No. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do. Yeah, because the do, third option is any other player. So yeah, it's like, another option. Gonna, I'm gonna pick Kelsey. Yeah, that's that's not any bad Travis, option. At all. Travis like, Kelsey. That's not, not a bad option. How many times did we see that dude get like four catches and four? We saw him get four catches and I'm four saying. touchdowns he, this he, season. He can, like, he can, it's, like a, it's possible. He's like a ticking time like bomb. Yeah. He, he can go up at any time. So like Kelsey and, is and like you said, Kyle or doing like um like you know in that and we were doing our keys to like features for either team. You said like oh if. The Eagles let let Kelsey catch him with five yards, and then Gronk has to catch it for twenty yards. Like, yeah, he run run those numbers. So, but this but, is a big but game for both of them, both the Kelsey brothers. Like, man, I'm interested to see like mm-hmm. what one does like after the game is over. You know, it's like I'm interested to see that that interaction because of course it's your brother and you want to support him in his highest moments, but it's like, damn, you just lost the Super Bowl. Like, who? I'm interested to see. And so I'm very proud. I mean, I imagine if you're like their mom or someone, you got to be ecstatic. Like the one thing that yeah. helps is both these guys have already won before. Yes. So yes, that's it's not like plus. that's not like Travis has won and Jason has it or vice versa. Both guys have already won one. This is just to get more for their accolades. But yeah, I, I'm very curious to see what their interactions are post game, regardless of who wins. Who is um? Who's the older brother? Is it Jason? It's, it's Jason. Jason. Yeah, yeah he's like. Four, three, five, four. I don't know. He's around three, four He's years older, older, I think. Yeah, I'm going to any other player as well. Um, I was I mean, one. I'm, got the I'm Eagles thinking, winning. Yeah, I, I do have the Eagles winning. And that's because I, mean, I, I was thinking. I was thinking Reddick because I feel like if you're gonna go defensive, it'd be tough for a secondary guy to get it. You, you got to give it to the edge rusher. Really yeah, like the last defensive player to win it was what Von Miller, who was an edge rusher when he was with Denver. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And then offensively, oh, no, it's not Hurts. No, it was okay. No, it was it was Von no, Miller. I was thinking Von Miller was the last defensive. Yeah, guy. I was thinking I was thinking the year before that. I I get the Carolina Super Bowl mixed up sometimes with that Seattle one. Sometimes I think yeah. it happened before because it was just a weird lapse of time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but I'm 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 pushing for Reddick on this one. And I mean, they like to give it to offensive players, but I just don't see if the Eagles win like AJ Brown going off in such a way that you think he's the MVP. But so also my... on the flip side, I could definitely see that happening in AJ Brown. Like he's we we haven't really talked about really. I mean, we've talked about them having a good pass game, but it's yeah. like we haven't really talked about them. AJ Brown, for example, it, and it's like because Hurts has Smith. been hurt. Yeah, agree. He agreed. hasn't been hurt. They haven't needed him yet to make those big throws, so we haven't really talked about him because he hasn't. I'm not going to say he hasn't shown up because 
he's he awesome. Season. Yeah. And he had a fantastic season. It's just that the the situation they've been in, they haven't needed him. It hurts before the last few weeks in the regular season. They just, they weren't healthy. Yeah. Definitely agree. Yeah. But Literally on the flip note, I could see AJ Brown getting eight receptions, like 168 yards and two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. Winning Super yep. Bowl, yeah. Winning Super yep. Bowl MVP right there. So. Same with Devonta Smith. He could do the same exact thing. Like, you know, maybe that the Chiefs are like, mm, we don't have a great secondary. The AJ Brown could have a great game and Devonta Smith pulls, you know, a national championship out of like we we've we've seen him do it in big games, so it's not yeah. really that crazy. He can he can do it for sure. Absolutely. But uh yeah, those are some prop bets. We know it's a big That was fun. I like that. That was good. That was fun. And yeah, I just wanted to have some fun at the end of the episode. But um before gamble responsibly. <laughs> gamble responsibly. Yes. Don't bet your house. You, you definitely have to have to say that. But um, you know, before but, you if you can here, afford to bet a house, I guess bet a house. <laughs> I, mean, I can't, put I can't afford to gamble a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, does um, you know that dude, uh, mattress, uh, like what's that old dude, uh, mattress Matt? Mattress yeah. Matt. He's probably gonna dude bet, who like, bets millions on Texas sports. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like that's that's a good thing to bet on. That's not the Astros. Yeah. Well, we know we know Mayweather's probably gonna put big money on something. So oh, for we'll sure. probably hear. About oh yeah, I imagine day. closer and closer to time we're gonna see probably like you don't got a lot of big KC Mo dudes who support the Chiefs. Maybe Paul Rudd. I don't I don't know. Um, yeah. But you know, on the Philadelphia end, you'll see a lot of big name celebrities out of Philadelphia doing like Kevin, bets. Kevin Hart. Yeah, Kevin Hart. Yeah, Meek Mill. Yeah, bunch of guys. Will Smith, Joel Embiid. Yeah, see, <laughs> see, the list goes on from Philadelphia, but when you go to Kansas City, you're kind of like, who's really yeah. repping the Chiefs out there, celebrity wise? There's some names. I guess, uh, I guess his brother, um, T- uh, Jackson Mahomes. I guess. Doing, but... <laughs> Jackson Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I might, I might do a little bet, not, not a big one, maybe like ten dollars for like, you know, probably won't give me nothing though. Like, like... <laughs> It's always interesting. I I, I guess the time to do it, like if you ever wanted to do it, I guess the Super Bowl is probably the time to do it. I mean, I I I I, personally, I would only do it if my team was in it. That's when I would be like, okay, let's see what we can get done. That's true. Seattle was in the Super Bowl. I'd be worried I'd be tempting fate if I, if the Saints were in the Super Bowl. Agreed. And I'd bet on them. I'm Agreed. like, karma's gonna screw bad me juju. over. I can't. Bad like when the, when the <laughs> Saints were in the Super team. Bowl, uh, like 12 years ago, like my phone was off. Like I wasn't having any. Like I was media silence because I'm not. I didn't want to do anything to risk it. So I'd be. It'd be fun to bet your team if they're in it. Absolutely, but like I, I'm such a superstitious person with Fair. sports. Fair. I'm not gonna. There, I remember. I remember Seattle going to back to back Super Bowls like literally the way I would sit. Like, if we played a bad way, I'd be like, I gotta sit back the other way. Like, we had a good play at the time we <laughs> yeah. did that. Like, yeah, and then, then we would get a good play, and I'd be like, okay, this is it, this is the right spot. <laughs> yeah, like, I only like, like you got the different yeah. thought processes mm-hmm. when your team's in that Super Bowl. I, I imagine yeah. Kyle, Kyle's probably had his definitely his rounds with it because you've been just a lot win or lose. Yep, yeah. I mean, actually, when it came to the Super Bowls for me, I would kind of just sit back and just let whatever oh, because he had happen. so many. Got used to he it. Was, he mean. was like, he was like, I've seen like 13 of these. For Someone chilling. else could have it for a minute. <laughs> he was like, he was like, we didn't win this year. Oh, don't worry. Next year's we'll fine. Next, next year's fine. Kyle, were you always a, um, a Patriots, Patriots fan or from, nope. so no, no bandwagon fan? Nope. So, Born so I, I guess, I guess with cool. you, like, what year did you really start like, be like, yeah. go keeping up with the Patriots? Really, like, this is my team. 
like repping so them. So for me, let's do the equation on Kyle real quick. The the '96 Super Bowl with uh, Green, with Bay, Green Bay, okay, in New England. I was definitely a fan of them. Then. Who was the cornerback that? Who was the cornerback that year? Who was the offensive cornerback? Who was the offensive cornerback that year? <laughs> I believe. Well, let me see. Me, yeah, the coach seconds. was Bill Parcells. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> quarterback is Drew Bledsoe. Okay. Who was his offensive coordinator? I honestly can't remember who the offensive oh, coordinator man. was. Anyway, I mean, whatever. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, 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 no I'm one expected for the Super Bowl from that long. Yeah, but fans, I mean, yeah. I, I was I was a fan of this probably about ninety two area. Dark times. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so I I mean I remember like the end of like the bad Patriots teams, and then when it started to finally turn around, you know, Parcells era, Pete Carroll was wedged in there for a few years. The whole Belichick saga of him being like the Browns coach for a day, I mean the Jets coach for a day, and then becoming the Patriots coach, and I was like, I don't know how this Belichick guy's gonna work. And now, twenty odd years later, it's like he's the greatest coach they've ever had. So, yeah, I, I rep all Boston sports, but I'm in Atlanta now, so I do pay attention to Atlanta sports as well. I'll, I'll say uh, this for me as a Super Bowl fan, like watching when my the Saints were in it. That was as far as just enjoyment of a normal game as like friends, food, snacks, relax. Yeah, it was the worst man. Super Bowl because for me, I'm usually like hanging out with friends, have tons of food, and and I didn't eat until like the game was over. Like I was just like <laughs> tunnel vision, and I was my parents and I'm just I'm sitting there next to my dad, and I'm like I'm not enjoying this. Now when Tracy Porter picked off Peyton Manning, yeah, yeah. I was losing my mind and like just screaming and then i could relax and it was the last like three minutes of the game were great but leading up to it like you're like losing a super bowl is gut-wrenching gut-wrenching yeah. as a fan like, who would y'all play in that yeah. super bowl the colts the colts yep, yep yep see see the super bowl is interesting with me because hey, you know i seattle went to back like we've only been to three and uh, I was I wasn't really old enough to really kind of enjoy Seattle the first time we went. It was 2005. I was born in 2002. So obviously not a really great time. But the first time we went, we played Denver and we just beat the crap out of Denver. 43 to eight, like our one of the best Super Bowl performances you could have as a team. And uh, the next year after that was that Patriots one where like it was a nail biter. Jermaine Curse gets that close catch. Chris Matthews, the dude who's kind of been on our practice squad, not really doing anything, just goes crazy. And then to lose it that way, it was kind of like, man, you know, to win the way we did, the way the win the way we did, just pure domination to you know having this close game that we could have won. It's just oh, takes a lot out of you. That really tested my fandom. Like when we passed that ball, I was like, damn. <laughs> and, and, and I'll say this still, not to like rub salt in your wounds, because that's the last thing I want to do, but not just the fact that you passed the ball, but looking back at that game, the way that Pete Carroll handled the clock after the curse catch seemed really bizarre. Like they they had I think if I remember right, they had to call a timeout because they were they're gonna get a delayed game right after mm-hmm. the curse catch. Like you they have to review it. You know you're gonna go to the line with like three or four plays. Why are you mm-hmm. having to burn a timeout? It just felt like Carroll got out coached and that game to go from like I remember for the Broncos Super Bowl, I was at my parents and I was upstairs, had my plate full of food where our kitchen was, saw the kickoff, 
walked downstairs to where our big screen TV was. By the time I got downstairs, it was two nothing. Yeah. And I'm like, I remember that. How how does it go two nothing when I walked down eight <laughs> stairs? Like, how is that even possible? Like, that, <laughs> like that, I, I remember that. I remember literally the first snap. Like, I took like a deep breath. Like, I had my plate of food there. I think I was at like my uncle's because I think my parents had to like work really, really late that night. And so I was just like kind of sitting there and I was like, okay, this is the first snap. You know, I really wanted us to be on offense first. I was like, I want us to set the tone. And then I was like, okay, we're on defense. That's a little scary. Let's see how Peyton Manning does. And that's that over snap. I was like, it's game. Set the like, tone. Set the tone. I was, I, w- I was like, it's game. They're too nervous. Like yep. it, Peyton Manning might be ready for this moment. Nobody else on the Broncos is. Right. Yeah. I want to ask one question and we didn't talk about this before the hand. What is for your Super Bowl like watching experience? What is your one must-have food, whether it's a, a main dish or a snack? What's the thing you have to have for it to be like a legit Super Bowl party? Oh, that's you, yeah. For me, I'll I'll, uh... I'll I'll go first. I'll let you guys think about it. I'll go first. My, and I, I said this because mine's unique. Mine is sushi. I have mm. to have okay. sushi, and the reason is. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl parties when I was a kid, the first Super Bowl I actually remember watching, like physically watching was the Packers Patriots. And my my dad brought a friend from work and his wife was from Japan and she handmade sushi rolls. Mm. And I was interested in 96. I was like nine, eight or nine. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll try it. And I loved it. And she came for like three or four more years and she always brought sushi. So it became a tradition in our household. We always have to have oh, sushi. Kind of like California sp- rolls. Or- oh man, we go better. We go for like unagi. We go for spicy tuna. Like like we go for He's like, like real stuff. And uh, oh, okay. And so whenever I tell people like, "What'd you have for the dinner for Super Bowl?" Like sushi. People look at me weird, but like it was part of my growing up. And so I just want to see what other people have for your your must haves. I think my my is every year. Um, I mean, I'm a big chicken guy, so chicken only had to be up. So I'm gonna give you my 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 palate. Super Bowl palette. So you gotta have the pregame snacks and chips, and pretzels, and Cheetos, or Chex Mix. Um, <laughs> you gotta have the drinks on the side, chop a can of fruit punch, lemonade, iced tea. Mm-hmm. Um, when when the real game or when the game starts and the real stuff happens, then I'm a big chicken guy. So I gotta, gotta have chicken wings. Um, I'm a big Chick fil A guy, so maybe a platter um, uh, from chicken strips. Mm-hmm. Um, make some chicken dip, some buffalo chicken dip. He's like, he's I'm all going off, all about that chicken. Some mac and cheese. I'll, it's like Jordan. Yeah. I'll say like chicken wing, <laughs> like buffalo wings are probably second on my list for must haves after sushi. Yeah. Um. So my Man. my question to you is: Is it from a restaurant or do you get it from the Costco and? Oh, we do a restaurant. There's um. So when we lived in Utah, there was a nice little place that we went to that was really cheap. And then uh, where I live now in Virginia, there's this really awesome restaurant that we go. And it's like, I don't want to say like five-star quality. I don't want to boast it, but it's like you eat it and you're just like, oh yeah, this is delicious. <laughs> it's like you, like you know you're getting it from the right place. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's it's because the thing is with, with sushi, and let's just talk about like a food thing. But like if I go to Costco or to a grocery store, it's mm-hmm. like 12 bucks for a roll. It's like $16 at the restaurant. I'm gonna pay a few dollars more and make it like legit over Costco or something. Right, right. Yeah, so definitely the buffalo chicken dip. You know, crab maybe. Well, until I'm in Jersey, not much, but crab dip maybe. Um, but I'm in Jersey, so I mean, Maryland wasn't is known for their crabs and their old bay, but Harry not really in Jersey. Um, but and you have to have since I'm 24, you gotta have the liquor on deck, man. Um, the Henny bottles. 
the Ciroc bottles. <laughs> like that's that's my cap for the night. Like the liquor, man. Um, yeah, but chicken has to be on the table. Um, <laughs> maybe a little healthy, some fruit, maybe some like a little fruit platter, you know, mm-hmm. to keep it light. But other than that, yeah, I mean that's mine. But swear, I think this year I went to my homie's house on a Sunday. We're having like pizza and wings, kind of keeping it simple. Um, a couple beers. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, it's. I mean, I, I I'm from Kansas. I lived in Kansas, so oh, barbecue, barbecue was pretty hefty. We had a lot of pulled pork. We had Very a lot nice. of ribs. People were making brisket. So it's like I lived also out in the country too. So it's like that stuff was even pushed more heavily too. So I had a lot of barbecue, um, which is fine. I love pulled pork. I love stuff like that. Um, nachos, I like nachos a lot. I feel like you know that's kind of a classic, something quick and easy. Um, mm-hmm. You can load it up. I like doing that as well. This is actually going to be my first Super Bowl where I won't be around like a big group of people doing like their own party. I'll just kind of be at home with my girlfriend for the Super Bowl. So I mean, imagine what we're probably going to be doing. <laughs> so yeah. yeah for me it's probably like pizza nachos and uh probably like some barbecue meatball type of thing just yeah. a little little thing that's, to grab a little quickly and just sit back yep, down that's what my dad know, uh, he likes making barbecue meatballs I mean, no West Indian food, no rice. Nah, nah. not really. Sunday. My mom's not trying to you know, <laughs> in the kitchen. Nah, just little, little do it. You can just little, be like, oh, I forgot one girl. thing. Um, potato skins. Oh, love oh, those. I got, that's, that's good. I haven't had those. Like in a the TJ Fridays, uh, you know, at the Yeah, night. that's good. That's good stuff. Put them in there. That's my yeah. sticks. I mean, I mean, man, I can go off for a day about food, man. I, I'll send you guys a picture. Last year, I took a picture of our Super Bowl spread, and it was a cover entire kitchen, and there was three people. So, I'll, I'll send it to your chat. It'll be pretty. It'll be pretty legit. You got to. You got you to gotta eat for them commercials. They're anticipated for as well. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Uh, uh, doesn't Gronk have his, his Super Bowl like kick field goal he has to make whatever for like a hundred million? Yeah, like, man, I, I would I would love to be like just like in a position like Gronkowski just. People just pay you tons of money to go kick a field goal at the Super Bowl because you're literally Gronkowski yeah. and you're fun and you can do whatever. Like, I guess that's cool. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's cool. Like, I've never been a huge Patriots fan, but I like how Gronk makes fun of himself and leans into it. Like, mm-hmm. when I see him on TV, it's like, you know what? He's funny. I didn't like seeing him on, on Sundays because he always seemed to win. But, like, he's funny. And I, I'll mm-hmm. it'll be good. I'll be watching that for sure. I hope he makes yeah. it. That'd be funny. Oh, me too. Me too. <laughs> I heard. Um, I, I'm I'm not sure what state. Um, but it might have been like the Midwest states, but I think I heard. Um, they are trying to put in legislation after the Super Bowl to make that Monday a hol- like a national holiday or like a state holiday. So like, that's most football cities. Yeah. Like no. That. No. 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 Yeah. That's for sure. No, but like, I don't think I it's, so. I don't think it's official though. Like for other for other no, states. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not. No. It's not. That's the thing to do. I'm not sure. But like, I think it might be Indiana might want to go to state law or whatever to make it. I'm not like sure that, if it was uh, the same for you guys or if you ever lived in an area that it happened. So living in Kansas, you know, I lived in the state of Kansas, so we take credit for like the Royals and the Chiefs wins as well too. When the Royals won their World Series. We got off of school. Like everyone was off of school. Everyone was at the parade. We had teachers calling in. We had the subs calling in. And that was wild. I'm pretty sure everybody was there. And then the same with the Kansas City one. Like everyone called in. It was like literally when the Chiefs won, it was like known. Like we got like a call literally like 10 minutes later from the school district being like, hey, like I think it's obvious the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. Like no one, school's canceled tomorrow. So 
I'm not sure if you guys lived in an area where your team actually won or you had to like get off or anything like that, but that's how it was with me. Yeah, yeah. I, I never had a local team that's been like a major team because uh, I lived either in Oregon or Utah, now uh, Virginia. But I, I think, like, can we at least make it like remote work for the people that can do that? Just so, like, if you're like hungover or something, you can just crawl to your computer, or if you're ate too much and you're like your stomach's all jacked up, you don't have to deal with all that stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It's crazy to say because I'm a true Ravens fan. But like prior to this year, I'd never been to like a Ravens game, home game. So like when we won the Super Bowl um, that year, like 2012, 2013, um, we didn't have a day off. But like I basically I took the day off. I was in high school at the time, like my junior sophomore year, maybe. And like um, I was like, Dad, yo, pops, we gotta go to this uh, parade, man. Um, you know, Ray Lewis gonna be there. Like everybody's gonna be there. Um, and we we went. Track was crazy because Baltimore around that. Inner Harbor area was hectic mm-hmm. um, and crazy. Like so, like they opened one of the gates for us. To, I was free to get in there as long as you, you know, you can get into the onto the field and everything. And like my dad, it was a lot of people. It was a lot of like skirmish and everything. I, mean, I I made it inside the the, the gate of the stadium, and my dad was on the outside. He was like, "Oh, security guard, can you like bring him in, like to the media door, or whatever?" Like, like that's my dad, and um. He's like, yeah, bring him in. And then, like, so people were trying to get into the media room. Like, he's like, oh, this man getting in. What can I? So there was a whole problem. So, like, we had, like, five cops, like, push me and my dad out. I was pissed, yo. I was in there, and my dad wasn't. And we got, like, <laughs> even though even though the event security guard was like, yo, bring your dad in. It's fine. Oh, that sucks. In a yeah. racist capacity because, you know, Ray Lewis, Joe Flacco, they, you know, the, the whole team, like, that, that would definitely suck. But I remember I when Seattle, to... I remember when Seattle won their first time. Of course, I lived in Kansas, so it's not like I got to go to the parade or anything like that. It was I, I got I got to stay home from school. It was one of those things. Like I had some Broncos fan friends as well too, so I was kind of like maybe pushing to go to school and kind of just be like, "Hey, what's up?" <laughs> but no, like I ended up. Uh, I think there was a sports store in Kansas, and they already had like the Super Bowl shirts ready. So like I went. And, took the day off and like got one of those like instantly i mean boston it's it's been like the red sox when they first won it that was i mean the city basically shut down because everybody you know it was getting getting to the point where a lot of people were like oh i will never see the red sox win in my lifetime and then they just turned around and did it you know with all the heartbreak that a lot of the red sox fans had to go through so that was a big deal the celtics one was yeah, probably somewhat of a big deal only because the Celtics had, you know, the great eighties and all that, which weren't too far away. So when the Celtics won it, it was like, oh, that's cool, but you know, it's how been about that Red Sox? Like, you yeah. know, the Red Sox were more important. Red Sox was yeah. was a bigger deal, and you beat the Yankees yeah, it, in the like the story was. is just better. The story is just better. Yeah. And then the Patriots won when they won it in 01, which was, you know, Super Bowl they weren't supposed to win. Plus the significance of being 01 and all that and all the emotions kind of around everything and the Patriots winning it that year. That was a pretty special one as well. You know, the ones after that, it was just like, all right, we're, we're here again. Just more icing I, on the cake. Yeah. I mean, people were more upset with like the two Giants wins, of course, because one with the undefeated season that got ruined. And then the other one was, was that the helmet catch one? Helmet catch like, was the same one. The other one was the was it the, the, it was the Manningham the, the catch? Manningham, yeah, yeah, that's something. Yeah, Manningham catch, which I mean, I'm not the biggest Eli fan, but 
I had to give him credit on that throw. Credit, yeah. Eli's in the Hall of Fame too. for two games. I know, and it's so <laughs> annoying. But I mean, at this point, I've, I've kind of respect the fact that he's he's going to go into the Hall of Fame for, like yeah. you said, those two games. Strictly. Yeah. Before we um end it, like, did y'all hear that Tom Brady's going to um do his career, uh, Fox career? In yeah, I guess, I guess that's kind of the fall. Nope. genius. Maybe I guess we did talk about him retiring. Bill Belichick. I mean, I don't want to like get off topic. Yeah, yeah. Here, but yeah. Whatever, but. No, but yeah, he's waiting a year. I feel like I, it's smart. Yeah, give yourself no, a year no to, to, to jump into it right to after. decompress. Yeah, exactly. Well, also yeah. with that, I heard, being I heard said, it, I heard give him a year just to like learn the craft. Like, I, I get he talks sports and stuff like that, but there is definitely some training. There's definitely some sure. things you have to do becoming a sportscaster. Yeah. It's not like you just get to sit in a chair and talk football. Like, no, you're gonna have cues, you're gonna have commands, you're gonna have to learn the flow of things. So give him some I, time. He's gonna yeah, learn heard, under great people. Yeah, like I heard that Foss contract is gonna get is bigger than like what he's earning yeah. in, in, oh, in yeah. the NFL. Like, oh, oh yeah. But to be honest, he's working a lot year round and a lot more. That's true. That's I want to throw something out there. Do you think, and I don't think so, I'm just going to throw conspiracy out here. Do you think he decided to wait a year so that like in August, if a team needs a quarterback and he's still feeling that itch, he's like, you know what? Oh man, San Francisco's Could really be. wanting me. Could okay, be. I'll go Could in. Then I saw a quote you know? that saying he did. Um, today, I don't know if he said it today or like an old quote. He was like, um, I still, the love of the game is still with me. Yeah, like, today like or he, it's almost like he, it's him giving that year. Is uh, it him so that me. he can't, he refuses to shut the door? And that year is going to give him that chance to like keep it open just to crack. That's He's just like, I'm going to be doing this broadcasting training on the side, but you know, if uh, yeah, Trey Lance goes down, along, again, man, you oh. know, if you know, if 49ers are calling me in like November being like, hey, you want you know. that eighth ring? Kyle Juszczyk's going to start at quarterback. We need you. <laughs> My, the only reason why I don't think is because, like I said, the podcast that he had where he had like Peyton Manning on, he had Bill Belichick, which surprised a lot of people. He had Mahomes, I think getting that as your guys. first podcast. Only Tom Brady could get like literally 17 legends right. to join his first podcast. <laughs> but it almost seemed like he brought those guys on to kind of like celebrate his career. And especially know, I, getting, especially getting Belichick to do getting Bill. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. A lot of podcasts. So I, I, I like, don't think he's coming back. And I think this is yeah. like even the fact that his announcement was him, and not that it was like he had more control over it. I agree, but mm-hmm. just want to throw out there a little fun, little you know. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what Obviously. if he gives this year? You know, because you know, on like a slow news day in August, people are going to be talking about that in the media. Yeah. Yeah. Can Tom yeah, Brady the, return for San yeah, Francisco Brady, next? You're going to hear, you're gonna hear on like a random radio, like a random radio report had an interview with Tom Brady, and he said he's kind of interested in football, and like, <laughs> it's gonna be blown out of proportion. And like it's going to be July, and it's going to be like Tom yep. Brady coming back, and it's like, didn't you just retire? Like, yeah. don't do this again. Yep. Or be like him working out, and everybody be like. He looks like he's in football. He looks great. Why not? Yeah, I'm not. I'm just gonna say he can still throw the football. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna be throwing like a 46 yard like bomb, just like a four, like a 80 yard bomb to someone with no helmet. To Gronk. It's gonna pads. be to Gronk. Yeah, he's gonna <laughs> yeah, be wearing gonna... no pads, no helmet, no uh, nothing. Nobody chasing him. He's just in a clean pocket. He, he doesn't even have the red jersey on, right? Not yeah. even the red he's jersey gonna... practice jersey. Just yeah, he's gonna be in Florida. He's going to be in Florida wearing shorts and people are going to be like, he could still play. It's like, man, (laughs) my grandpa can make that throw in shorts. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, 
going on a little long here, but yeah, I felt like it was worth it for Super Bowl week and all that. Had a lot to get. Got to celebrate. Absolutely, and with it being the last week of games, you know, the the football content kind of dies down a little bit before we get into you know, more draft and free agency and offseason stuff. But um, I mean, the Tom Brady talk is probably a great way to end the episode. Um, you know, thank Michael and uh, Coach who were in the chat earlier on. I saw like a jumping in throughout the show, so definitely appreciate that. Uh, definitely hit the subscribe button for Sports Empire Network. You know, great shows, a lot of great personalities as well, and even new shows that are coming and just just different things for 2023. So make sure you hit the subscribe button so you're kind of caught up on all that. So for myself, Jake, Jordan, Dylan, I mean, I guess it's another show in the books. I'm assuming you don't have any final thoughts because, I mean, the Tom Brady stuff is kind of final thoughts anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so. uh, if you guys like watch UFC, if I can recommend any event, uh, yes. watch this one. You're going to have your – literally when I say pound for pound one or two, you can go to the UFC's pound for pound best rankings and they're literally one and two. So if I could recommend a fight card to watch this weekend, this would probably be it. You get to see the best of the best fight. So there's that. That's my final thought. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely bring that out there. But um, yes, that's another Big Three podcast in the books. We're here every Tuesday, 7 o'clock. You know, you'll get all four of us. You know, like Jordan said, he's a little late today. But we're we're, we're here at 7 o'clock every week. So make sure you set your alarm, calendar, whatever you got. 7 o'clock every Tuesday, we're here bringing you some laughs, hot takes, predictions, all that good stuff. So yeah, so with that. Have a good night, and we'll see you next week.